0: Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hello everyone, welcome back to my JC Chazay series. This is part nine, the story of Kate. All about JC's second solo album, or rather, a collection of songs that most likely would have been what made up JC's second solo album. Now, if you're new to following JC's career this closely, you might be asking when did he come out with a second solo album and who the hell is Kate? Well, he didn't. (laughs) And she doesn't exist. At least that's what he says. I know. I know, it's confusing and mysterious, but this is J.C. we're talking about here, so pretty on brand. In mid-2004, during the Schizophrenic tour, J.C. started conceptualizing what he would do with his second shot at solo success. This unreleased album has been called Kate, or The Story of Kate, by J.C., so I will be using both names throughout this episode. In late 2004 and early 2005, it really seemed like Jive Records was giving J.C. the support and financing he did not receive on his first album. In particular, they were beginning to put up some more money for him to work with the hot producers of the time. J.C. also had a collaborator in Justin Timberlake, who was now a Grammy-winning solo superstar in his own right, with no signs of slowing down or going back to NSYNC. All signs pointed to Schizophrenic being the offbeat slow starter album and Kate being the hit record that would catapult J.C. into if not just in territory perhaps in the same neighborhood. J.C. passionately threw himself into work on his sophomore album while also promoting it a lot even though it didn't even have a single out or an official release date. He was very vocal about the fact that he was deep into working on this record and for a long time he seemed Extremely excited about it. There was absolutely no doubt that he wanted people to know what he was doing and who he was doing it with. So here is a direct quote from JC about this album Kate is an imaginary person that I ended up creating an album around. I wanted to make a record that people could relate to, but I wanted to make it interesting as well. None of the songs are in particular about one person, they're from a collection of experiences. Each song is about more than one scenario that's maybe happened to me at one time or another. And since it's not about one person, I kind of had to dream it into this one person to give the record a focus. JC described the sound of Kate as IPM. So this was kind of a term that he coined. IPM standing for intelligent pop music, meaning it would have the sounds of a lot of the trendy pop of the time, but it would have just a little bit more behind it. It was going to be well thought out. It wasn't going to just be thrown together to make a quick buck on whatever was trendy in that week or that month. It was going to be something that truly came Came from the soul of JC. In addition to working with Justin. He also was back in the studio with Dallas Austin. And Dallas had collaborated with JC on his biggest solo hit ever. Which is "Blowing Me Up. He also worked with Timbaland and Billy Steinberg. And a slew of other producers. I mean JC was really going for it on this one. Similar to schizophrenic, like the same level of passion, but this album was just going to be a little bit more palatable, I think, to young listeners who were into the music of the time, while also still having that unique JC stamp on it. So what went wrong? Why did this album never come out? And why is it controversial to even discuss among JC fans? I'll be answering those questions and so, so much more. You guys know, (laughs) I always get into depth and we are going to get just as in-depth into the Kate era as I did with the schizophrenic era. I'm giving it a full treatment because frankly, the songs are just fantastic and I think it deserves that spotlight. Regardless of how people feel about it, it is a big part of J.C.'s musical history, and I do not feel like this series would be complete without exploring this. This episode will be the storytelling episode. So, it's the story of the story of Kate. And the next episode, part 10 of this series, I can't believe it, will be a track-by-track breakdown and discussion on the songs that we think were going to be included on this album with Anna of the This Must Be Pop Podcast. So now let's get into J.C.'s life post-schizophrenic. So you all may remember OnlyArtist.com, which was J.C.'s website that he was working on in 2002, 2003, which was based around the idea that musicians should be able to deliver their music directly to the consumers of that music, their fans, without having to go through the label. And so that morphed into musicfreedom.com, which basically had the same concept, but it had a few twists on that concept. So here is what it said on the website back in 2004. As you may have certainly noticed, the music industry is going through what can best be described as a revolution. The road to freedom is marked with many unknowns. That's key, right? JC wants freedom. He doesn't want to feel boxed in with his artistry. So continuing the description on the website, it says, we really do not know how this journey and this website will evolve over the next few months and years. What started out as a vehicle for JC Chazay to stay in contact with his fan base quickly turned into a feedback instrument for the ever-changing music industry. Over the next few weeks and months, JC will release several different original and never-been released tracks for you to download only at musicfreedom.com. The best part, they are free. They are a gift to you from JC as a thank you for visiting his website and for supporting his work over the years. In return, JC asks a favor of you. Buy his new album. schizophrenic, and encourage all your friends to buy their own copies of schizophrenic. Now, this is genius, right? Because he knows that people are Already downloading his music For free on Napster and LimeWire And Kazaa and things like that So he's like look I'm gonna offer it to them for free But it's gonna be through my own website And not only that but I'll stay In touch with them I'll stay connected to them So JC would post regularly On the message boards on Music Freedom He would also post videos He would ask fans for questions And still some of the Q&As Are up on YouTube So thank you to whatever fans saved those And uploaded them I truly appreciate it?
1: Well, question number 12. It's the one thing I noticed. It was like, it was listed a lot as when the next record is coming out. And the truth is, I'm not sure if that's a whole job question you um, have to ask. I just really get tuned, man. When the business people figure out how they want to market it, I'll let you know. If the minute I know, I'll be happy to tell you right now I don't know. But uh, what I do know is that uh, I got a good collection of songs
2: for you guys. In my opinion, it's the best work I've ever done. Signing off.
0: So it continues, Founded by J.C. Chazay and Bill Marquez, MusicFreedom.com will be an experiment with various music encryption technologies as a means of protecting the intellectual properties of the artist all while keeping in mind the freedom, portability, and fair use music fans require and deserve. We will also be experimenting with ways to attain fast, CD-quality downloads, quality you demand and deserve in a reasonable download time frame. We are excited that you came by to check out our website, and we invite you to come along on this exciting journey. So, JC also had a fan club that you can join as part of this. It was $49.99 a year, which is expensive, $50 back in 2004, but it was worth it in my opinion. And can you please message me if you were a part of this fan club? Did you pay this price? Did you feel it was worth it? I would love to know because here's what it says. With the popularity of J.C.'s album, we've been getting thousands of requests for more J.C. items. For only $49.99, you can now join the musicfreedom.com fan club featuring J.C. Jose. As a bonus, every month we will pick lucky fans that will win exclusive prizes. This month's prize is a guitar signed by JC, girl. I mean, I know that you have no guarantee to win, but I that $50, I want that. <laughs> okay, I want that. And he made videos announcing the winners of these and showing the stuff. If you joined, you got an autographed 8x10 of JC, Which that's awesome. Like a lot of people would pay $50 just for that. It says a stylish music freedom t-shirt. Membership letter from JC. You also get a JC Shazay keychain. Access to members-only behind-the-scenes footage. Email updates of the latest JC and Music Freedom news. And then you're eligible also to win whatever the monthly prize is. And the monthly prizes were good, as you can see. You could also visit the Music Freedom online store, which was kind of like JC's merch store. And they had trucker caps for $15 because, of course, trucker caps were the item of the era you could buy one that said all day long i dream about sex which is kind of bold like i don't know how many (laughs) how many kids were able to wear that so of course they also offered all day long i dream about jc on a hat which i think is a little bit better i would like one does anybody have one i have to start searching for these on ebay they, they have to be laying around someone's house, someone who's not really a fan anymore. I want one. You could also get keychains of J.C. with like schizophrenic era pictures. You could buy the album directly off of there. They had J.C. posters and postcards and then they had a whole line of Music Freedom logo shirts and hats. This is all very interesting to me because... J.C. was still on Jive at this time, and I don't know how they felt about this. Like, this couldn't have been something that they were crazy about, honestly. I think they probably would have wanted everything to go through them. But I think with J.C., they just really had a very unique, independent person on their hands, and they might have just kind of, like, thrown up their hands and been like, okay, whatever, just let him do his little website. I would love to know what Jive thought of this. So what else was J.C. working on in 2004? Well, in mid-2004, J.C. actually revealed that he was working on Paris Hilton's album alongside Rob Bolt, who you know is my favorite producer from Schizophrenic. He told MTV News, She just asked me for some input and things like that. I'm willing to give it to her. She has been a great friend to me over a few years, so when she wanted my ideas, I threw some her way. Whether she uses them or not, we'll see. But she's got something in store for everybody. I think everybody will be pretty surprised. So JC and Paris Hilton were genuine friends. I don't know if they still are. I haven't seen them pictured together for a long time. But I'm pretty sure that Tara Reid introduced them, which makes perfect sense, right? And he supported Paris out in the open. He said many positive things about her long before the world was. So In 2003, he even went to the premiere of The Simple Life, which, what an iconic event. I just think that's funny and so JC that, of course, nowadays, so many people are, like, pro-Paris Hilton. But back then, everybody was calling her a slut and just this, like, rich airhead heiress that was only famous for being famous. Like, people were brutal toward Paris Hilton. And JC was somebody saying, hey, she's actually pretty talented. Like, there are many quotes of him praising her. And I just think that's amazing because he was going against the grain and saying what he truly believed instead of going along with the crowd. And I love that. So on September 5th, 2004, JC performed at Z100's Last Chance Summer Dance Concert in Portland, Oregon, and he performed Build My World. During an interview, he said that he has been in the studio for the last week recording tracks for his new album. So we know that he started very, very early after Schizophrenic. He was not taking the slow approach that he did to his first solo album, right? He came up on Schizophrenic gradually. It took time. It took working with Dallas Austin and having Dallas encourage him. It wasn't something where he was 100% sure I have to do a solo album. I'm ready to go like Justin. It was slow and steady, like I said. But with Kate, it was the opposite. He was right after Schizophrenic. He was like, I'm ready to get back in the studio. I'm ready to try again. I want to do this. So in November of 2004, MTV News officially reported that JC had started work on his second solo album and was eyeing a late summer release date. So originally this was supposed to come out in summer of 2005. Not only did it not come out in 05, but it never came out. So at this time, JC said of this album, it's a futuristic look at the past. And that's all he would say. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? I just... I mean, I feel like I can kind of, in some way, see what he means, but not really. It just kind of sounds like he didn't really know what to say at this point because it was still a zygote of an album. It, It wasn't really anything yet, and he needed to get further in the creative process before he was breaking stuff down. I think that JC is one of those artists that likes to just let the art speak for itself. I know that there are a lot of musicians and also filmmakers. You know, David Lynch, he has a famous quote where he says, When you come out with a film, people want you to do all this talking. But the film is the talking. And I love that. I think that that is so true. Unfortunately, sometimes, well, basically almost all the time, unless you're Taylor Swift coming out with Reputation, you have to do a ton of interviews to promote your album. And so this is normal. But I think that J.C. just probably would prefer – for the work to speak for itself. After the American Music Awards, he flew to London to continue working on the album. And then during the holidays of this year, JC had a pretty awesome collab with The Gap. Now, do you guys remember how amazing Gap commercials used to be? This is some early 2000s shit, okay? Like, if you don't remember this, you will never get it. It was just... Gap commercials were like Pepsi commercials. They were an event, okay? Especially the holiday commercials. Basically, they would cover a song, like a famous song, and they would put either beautiful models or famous actors and musicians together, and they would just create an amazing commercial. So it would really make you wanna shop at the Gap. I'm not kidding. Like, Gap was in a collab with Sarah Jessica Parker. She did several commercials with them. And so JC covered that classic song, Shining Star, by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's him in the commercial with Sarah Jessica Parker. J.C. doesn't appear until the end, but you can hear his voice throughout. And this was major. Like remember, this is the year that Sex and the City ended. So Sarah Jessica Parker was a huge star. They had just done a commercial the year before with Missy Elliott and Madonna. It was a very big deal to get a Gab commercial. So even though J.C.'s album hadn't been number one on the charts or anything like that, it was really awesome that they chose him for this and i just think it's kind of a random cool thing that he did i really wish we had the full version of his cover of shining star because his voice is just so soulful and rock and roll at the same time go look up this commercial if you've never seen it it's pretty cool in january of 2005 jc started working with another producer prince board so Prince Board has collabed again with so many incredible artists. Michael Jackson, Buster Rhymes, Mariah Carey, Black Eyed Peas, Dr. Dre, Macy Gray, Justin, Selena Gomez, Katy Perry, Fergie. I mean, the list goes on. As always, JC is working with amazing people. So Prince Board posted on his website the following. We are working on a few cuts with JC from NSYNC. I know, it's definitely not what I expected. I have to tell you all though, that motherfucker is dope. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't knowing how talented he is. You'll hear it when the stuff is released. Even though JC was busy recording his album, he still dedicated a lot of his time to helping others. So he was part of the Read Across America campaign as an honorary chairperson, and he even went on Kiss FM LA to promote the project. And during that interview, he said that he had just got back from working with Dallas Austin in Atlanta two days earlier. Now, it seems like for Kate, JC was always flying from Atlanta to LA to New York. York to London I mean this was really a huge project for him and like I said he'd never had a short supply of passion for it he always seemed to be talking about it on every appearance that he did people wanted to know if he was coming out with any more music because he made enough of a mark that people cared and were still wondering what was going on with him But of course, it wasn't the huge album that everybody expected. So I think people were just really curious what the strategy was and what was going on. So on February 26, 2005, MTV News reported that J. C. was halfway through recording the second album and like the first, the style would vary from song to song. I can't help that I'm eclectic, man, he said. It's different and that's what I like. In April 2005, MTV News reported that along with working with the producers I had mentioned before, JC was also spending time in the studio with Jimmy Harry and David Maurice. So, this is a big deal. I'll explain who they are in just a second. But JC said in this article, I'm concentrated not so much on the production but the songwriting, so it's going to be an album of great songs. So, Jimmy Harry and J.C. are still collaborators. In fact, Jimmy and J.C. are collaborating on both of the musicals that he is currently working on. So Playing With Fire, which is the Frankenstein-inspired one, and then Wonderland, which is the other one that we don't know quite as much about yet. Jimmy Harry also worked on three songs for Britney Spears that didn't make her In The Zone album, but the one song he worked on that did make it is Touch of My Hand. So around this time is where JC's relationship with Jimmy was born. And obviously, they worked incredibly well together because all these years later, they're still collaborating. And Jimmy is one of the people that we have to thank for playing with fire and those incredible songs that I got to see sung live. So David Maurice is also a very accomplished producer. He has such a wide array of artists that he works with. I mean, he's worked with Jay-Z. He's worked with Garbage, The Coors, Culture Club, AJ from the Backstreet Boys, The Psychedelic Furs. I mean, it's such a wide array of artists. It makes complete sense, like complete sense that Jay-Z would work with this person Because this person also does not limit himself to one or two genres. He's all across the board. And I think that JC really has this feeling that no matter what genre you're writing, it doesn't matter because music is universal. Like I said, perfect collaborator for JC. Now, in May 2005… J.C. was actually collabing with the iconic Carlos Santana Now, if you don't know Santana, look him up Because like I said, he is iconic He's won 13 Grammys He's inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame He's always very high up when somebody makes a list of the greatest guitarists of all time He had been releasing albums since the 60s And then he had this huge hit album that he released in 1999 called Supernatural That's the one that had Smooth on it with Rob Thomas. Thomas, which was, like, the biggest song at the time. Like, I was obsessed with it. Everybody was obsessed with it. Then he came out with shaman in 2002 which wasn't as big of a hit as supernatural but still had some hits on it like the game of love that michelle branch sung and why don't you and i which chad kroger of nickelback sang and then it was re-recorded with alex of the calling singing live does anybody remember the calling because i was obsessed with the calling so it was a really big career move if you were selected to sing a santana song because santana plays guitar he's not singing lead on any of his songs right so he collabs with singers and it was a very big deal that he chose jc as one of the collaborators for his 2005 album all that i am now they did this song together called if i don't Part of this song got leaked and is still on YouTube, so you can go listen to it. JC sounds amazing. I think it's a great song. I wish we had the whole thing. Unfortunately, it did not make the album. It was cut, and I am so mad about that. I really am because JC is the perfect person to collab with Carlos Santana. Like I cannot even describe how disappointing this is. It would have been... So major for Jay-Z's career, even if it wasn't a hit, like I'm not saying it would have gone number one like Smooth did, although it could have, right? But still, just having a single out with Santana at this time was a very big deal and it's just such a shame that it wasn't on the album. So, if you remember, he did another song with Michelle Branch. That was the big hit from this album, I'm feeling you. I remember that was my ringtone. Like I loved Santana and I didn't even realize that JC worked with him at the time. I'm happy I didn't know because I would have been devastated. That would have excited me so much that I wouldn't have been able to deal. Like I loved Santana and I love JC and I just I would have been so angry. So, finding out a few years later when the song leaked or whenever it was that I found it girl like that was a dark day like the darkest day of my life that was very upsetting because how dare you cut JC from your album I need to if I ever meet Santana I'm gonna be like Carlos sit down okay please sit down what happened how could you not have the peerless JC Shazay on your album what the hell I wonder, did Jive sabotage him? That's my opinion. That is an alleged thing. That is not anything I heard or anything I'm saying is fact. I'm just saying, who sabotaged that? What happened? Because I just, what is the explanation? I'm so angry. On June 16th, 2005, after almost a year of working on the story of Kate, JC said he was in the final few weeks of recording. In my heart, it's the best stuff I've ever written, the NSYNC singer said. This record is more focused, more about my heart. The last one was more sex, sex, sex. This one is more love, love, love. When asked if former flame Eva Longoria inspired any of the lyrics, Shazay tensed up and answered, No. Maybe. I don't know. They come from wherever they come from. In the next episode, when I talk with Anna, we'll talk a little bit more about what songs we think might possibly be about. Miss Longoria, that's a story for that episode. So JC continued working hard on his album all summer. And yet again, MTV News was there for him. I have to give so much credit to MTV News because during the whole schizophrenic era and the whole Kate era, MTV was always reporting on what J.C. was up to and keeping us fans involved and informed. I really, really appreciate them for that. So kudos to you, MTV News. They wrote, If J.C. C first solo album left you feeling a bit confused, hey man, it was called Schizophrenic, you weren't alone. But the NSYNC frontman is planning to tighten the ropes a bit for his sophomore LP. This one is going to be a little more pop alternative, Shazay said. The last one had a pretty broad spectrum, so this time I'm going to give people more of a journey in the same direction. The singer has been holed up in a recording studio for a good part of the year, recording the follow-up to his 2004 debut, which spawned the singles Some Girls Dance With Women, All Day Long I Dream About Sex, and the heart-tugging ballad Build My World. Now, Build My World was not an official single. They did print a promotional single CD that they sent out to record labels and people in the industry, but there was never a video made for it. You could never, like, go to the store and buy Build My World as a single that I know of. If it was officially issued as a single, please let me know if that happened and I just didn't find that, but I don't think so. While Shazay has yet to determine which tracks will make the final cut, he said this is a project he is, quote, really proud of. There's one song I wrote called Satellite that's very metaphorical. It's about two people being out of reach, just orbiting each other. (laughs) Doesn't that quote just break your heart? Like, the song is so good, but even just him describing the song, I'm like crying. The 29-year-old has been working with an assorted group of beatmakers from coast to coast to produce the project. So far, Shazay is at the studio with Jimmy Harry in Los Angeles, David Maurice in New York, and Timbaland in Miami, where the odd couple laid down the up-tempo track Fire. I really respect Timbaland's opinion and his take on music. He's a very talented guy and real quiet, at least until you get into the recording studio with him. Shazay has yet to title the LP... I have a couple ideas kicking around in my head, but I'm not sure. Once I'm done writing, then I'll decide. You can expect the first single to drop by the end of the year, Shazay said, with the full record out by early 2006. Don't we wish? (laughs) Don't we wish? Oh, if I could turn back time. See, I have so many. You know what? I'm just going to continue with this timeline because like if I start going off now this really will be like a 10 hour episode and nobody needs that so it turned out that JC was not actually done recording he kept going into the studio to lay down more tracks or maybe refine the ones he already had we're not a hundred percent sure but he was on Entertainment Tonight in October 2005 with Dallas Austin and they were working on this single called All Over You that JC claimed at this time would be his first single from the story of Kate. He said it would come out early 2006. So here is JC and Dallas on ET on MTV.
1: Hi, I'm JC Jose. I'm here with my buddy Dallas Austin. We are in the studio, and you are watching ET on MTV the thing she's doing JC's been working hard on his second solo album and this time it's going to be a bit less schizophrenic. I'll still have feelings from a lot of different styles, but the overall feel and sound will will have an identity. And we're with him as he's working on his first single. This record is called All Over You. Because we want to bitch you like some denim jeans. It's true that JC was hooked up with desperate housewife Eva Longoria, but that's not the case anymore. I'm single, so I'm dating a lot of (laughs) everyone. So, okay, the album comes out early next year, but what's it called? I have no idea what the title of my upcoming album is. That's a horrible question to ask me.
0: Okay, we all know that I love and adore JC, but... (laughs) that last comment he's like that's a horrible question to ask i have no idea what the title will be he just always seems annoyed anytime anybody asks him about his music like he doesn't want to say anything about it until it's done and it's hard because obviously the people interviewing him they're just trying to get information for their story that's gonna help promote jc and he knows that he has to talk to them to promote this project but he just doesn't feel comfortable prematurely announcing anything which of course he wouldn't he literally said that this song all over you was going to be the first single and it didn't even make the album which is a crime like i am calling the police because just that little piece that we heard of it was hot i mean it's soulful it's RB, it's got a little bit of rock and roll jc sounds amazing how did that not make the album i mean the album didn't even come out. But we don't even have a leaked song in full of All Over You. Like, that's all we have. Why? It kills me. This whole story is so frustrating. And as I said with Schizophrenic, I'm so happy that, I mean, I don't know JC, but it seems like he's very happy with his life and his career and his more low-key level of fame. I don't think he wants to be Justin. I don't think he wants to be a superstar. So I'm happy for him, but still, it's just so frustrating thinking of what could have been. On this record. Also in October, R&B artist Frankie J talked about working with J.C. He said, "I'm actually on my way to Atlanta to do a song with J.C. Shazay for his new record. I know his manager through a mutual friend. He told me J.C. was working on some new stuff, so we met up for lunch one day to talk business, and we just clicked." MTV News reported the as yet to be titled track will be penned by Frankie Shazay and songwriter Sean Garrett, who at that point had worked with Aaliyah, Usher, and Ricky Martin and it will be produced by Timbaland, who has already laid down several tracks for JC's solo sophomore effort due out next year. I've heard some of JC's stuff and it's very different, Frankie said. He's not really following the sound of what's popular on the radio today, which is good because he's not trying to be anyone else. He just wants to be JC. I'm not sure what to expect when I go in, but I know I'm looking forward to what comes out of it. So interesting that he said that, right? Because the tracks that we have – They leaked, so we don't know if they are the finished version of what J.C. would actually put on the album. But there are a couple of tracks that are a little bit trendier, that do align more with something that you would hear on the radio. And then there's also some tracks that are so different, so unique, so varied. And I just wonder, did J.C. start to get uncomfortable because Jive was pushing him more in a trendy, popular direction and he was like, nah, I still just want to do my own thing? Just speculation, but it would make sense to me. Because Frankie J seems to be really asserting here, like, yeah, he's not doing any of that popular radio stuff. But a few of the songs are just a little bit more polished than Schizophrenic. They're just a little more commercial. And I don't think that was a bad thing, because they still have JC's stamp on them. Remember how I said in the Schizophrenic episode that I love his uniqueness, but I wish he would just play the game a little bit and just do... A little bit more of a marketable song here or there. Just to get him out to the masses, you know? Just to make him a little more easy to digest and not just throw, like, all day long I dream about sex at people. (laughs) That's why, ultimately, I kind of think that if Kate had come out, it would have been a better album than Schizophrenic. We'll never know, but... I just think that it might have had the perfect blend of, here's what works for the general public, and here's what J.C. has to offer, and let's blend them together. Just my opinion. So, on December 5th, 2005, the group Girls Aloud came out with their album, Chemistry, and... There was a song that JC co-wrote and produced on this called watch me go In my opinion, this is a thousand percent a reject from the schizophrenic album because it's just very sexual It talks about being tied to a bed strippers, etc Like i'm pretty sure I even hear JC in the background a little bit. So Give that song a listen. I think it's kind of a hot song not my favorite song But it definitely sounds like it could have been on schizophrenic in 2006 JC joined Myspace. So he was a little bit late to the trend because I think he was a little, mm, not so into the whole Myspace thing. And I think he wanted to post more on musicfreedom.com and make that a thing rather than having his fans gravitate to his Myspace. But I think eventually it just became an unavoidable thing. You had to join Myspace if you were an artist because Myspace actually began as a music platform. So JC wrote this on his Myspace page. It's really me and I'm really here. I gave in and joined your MySpace world. (laughs) It's our world that he joined, you know, this isn't his world. But he's going to grace us with his presence, which we always appreciate. I'm going to post blogs updating you on the new events and the new album, which is almost done. Feel free to comment me. I'll do my best to hit you back. Please do not email me. I'm going to be honest, I probably won't be reading them. Sorry. (laughs) That reminds me of when Ringo Starr was like, with peace and love, no more fan mail. (laughs) Iconic. That's why on Frenemies, Trisha and Ethan would always say, with peace and love, with peace and love. Like, I just think that's so funny. I still say that. Because it was just so, like, Ringo just, he was done. You know, he was done. He's like, I've been signing my name for 60 fucking years. I'm done. And I love that. (laughs) It's good, though. I think it's good to let your fans know, like, please don't waste your time. I'm not going to read it. So thank you, JC. Also in April of 2006, something very interesting happened. One of the songs that JC had written, produced, and recorded for the story of Kate leaked. This song is I'm Not Sleeping Alone. And it's actually only one of three songs that ever got officially released by Jive from this project. The other two, of course, being the singles Until Yesterday and You Ruined Me. I'm Not Sleeping Alone is an amazing song it is one of the best that was created for kate in my opinion it just gets stuck in your head in your heart and in your soul we are going to talk about that more in the next episode when we break down the tracks but jc ended up posting about this leak multiple times and he did thank fans for the response afterward with a couple of posts later in april and in may but right after the leak, he made a video, and I am going to play that audio for you right now.
2: What up? Uh, it's time to do some MySpace and hey. Um, so here's the, here's the story. Uh, I guess somebody leaked out one of the tunes, uh, obviously somebody working uh, with me or at child time and uh, getting some responses. Basically where we're at is uh, all the songs are written for the album. Um, and we're starting to mix. Now the tune that's out right now is not mixed, but I think they're just testing it out to catch a vibe from people and things, so it'd be great to get some feedback on that, but uh, as I said, they are now mixing the records, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, we should have a single uh, sometime in June, By the end, roughly the end of June. Um, I know that they've already been talking about three songs uh, and picking between the three to be the first single, so they, have, they already have an idea what it's about and um, so after these songs get mixed even though this one's not mixed uh, all the other songs are being mixed uh, we're going to start singing uh, songs out there for people to listen to and, and check out and catch a vibe from and again get some of your feedback because uh, it's important you guys uh, are the uh, listeners so it's important to hear what you guys are like and digging and things like that so uh, thank you for being patient for all your support and uh, you know, happy listening
0: this is fascinating to me because JC doesn't usually call people out like this, but <laughs> there is something that record labels do sometimes where they go behind their artists backs and they use different types of promotion, marketing, etc. And one of the things that they do is that they will purposefully leak songs because they're unsure about how the public is going to react to an artist And they have profiles in this era It's like, they have MySpace accounts, they have profiles on message boards like JJB, and they get on there and act like any other fan and have discussions with fans about it. And JC literally said that in the video. He literally said, obviously it was somebody who works with me or somebody from Jive that leaked it. And he says that the version that leaked is not mixed, which is one of the last things that you do when you're recording a song. You have to mix all the sounds together properly. So that had not been done. So JC seems kind of disappointed that they let this leak when it was not mixed yet. But he says, I think they're just testing it out to catch a vibe from people and things. So it would be great to get some feedback on that. He's saying my label went behind my fucking back because they don't trust me and what I'm working on and they're not sure if it's gonna do well. So they just threw it out there. So if you guys can react to it and let them know like you like the song, that would be great. I still can't believe this whole thing happened. Like this is so inappropriate and it's just so much less than what JC deserves. So he went kind of silent online for a while because he was really working hard on the album. And in June, he posted, I'm back. Sorry for the delay, but it's been crazy in L.A. First, I want to thank you all for the positive feedback with I'm Not Sleeping Alone. I can't wait for you to hear the final mixed and mastered version. Speaking of mixing, the album is done. It's being mixed as we speak. I can't express how excited I am for you to hear it. So the album is basically done. And JC wants to promote it in his own way going on radio shows, having them play the songs, and then he also gets interviewed and talks about the songs and talks to his fans. That kind of stuff is basically like JC's bread and butter, right? I mean, he really grew up in that era of radio where radio was just everything. I mean, with NSYNC They had to have a radio hit. That was the number one agenda of the label because if you didn't have a radio hit back in the day, you were screwed. You were finished. Whereas today, yes, if your song is big on the radio, that's awesome. But you could have a really big song online and still have a really good career without it even really touching the Billboard charts. Like, yes, it's still better if it does, obviously. But things are just so different now. And you could also release a single and have it totally fail And then you just release another single on your website or you just upload it to Spotify or whatever. Like it's no big deal. You get as many chances as you want because you could always just upload another song, right? But when it comes to the early 2000s and before – With record labels, you get one shot at a radio hit, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and that's it. You're kind of finished. I mean, there are so many people that came out with, like, one single, and it didn't do well, and they just disappeared. We don't even know their names, because they are nobodies in the music industry, because it just didn't do well, and you don't get a lot of chances during this era anyway. Jive forces J.C. to do a promotional appearance that he really did not want to do. This is one of the most miserable things I've ever seen, and honestly, shame on Jive for making him do this. He was on the Today Show, on The Bachelorette, so they had this really dumb version of The Bachelorette, which, if you don't know, The Bachelorette is not like the show that everybody is obsessed with, but the old Bachelor and Bachelorette games – where you literally would have one bachelorette and then you would have three bachelors hiding behind a screen. So she couldn't see their faces, but she got to ask them three questions and then she'd be like, okay, bachelor number one – If we went on a date, where would you take me? And then he answers. And then she goes, okay, bachelor number two. What about your answer? And then he answers. And then the third guy goes. And then she asks like a couple more questions. And whoever answers, she likes the best. That's who she picks to go on a date with her. JC was one of People Magazine's top hottest bachelors. Like they did a hottest bachelors issue, which was different from their – sexiest man alive and different from their 50 most beautiful people like how many times do they have to just tell us that celebrities are hot it's like we get it so I suppose that Jive thought it would be a good idea to include him in this bachelorette thing but for me it still doesn't really work because he wasn't like looking for a date (laughs) you know what I mean it's just so stupid so JC was forced because I'm saying he was forced because there's no other way that he would have done like there's no way that he was like hell yeah I want to do this because first of all We just know by J.C.'s personality, like, this is not the way that he would want to promote an album. But he looks completely miserable during this whole thing. He even at one point is super exasperated and just says, this is ridiculous. In front of everybody, like, he is not hiding his contempt at all. You could tell he cannot wait to leave. And I totally don't blame him. I mean, it's pretty pathetic that somebody this talented with so much to offer would be on the Today Show for something like this instead of just performing his song. I mean, I guess Jive couldn't book him for a real appearance. They did not have... The clout to do that, which sucks and is ridiculous to me I don't blame him for openly showing how annoyed he was Because yeah, there is something to be said for just like rolling with the punches Being a team player, the show must go on, whatever But I'm the same way Like if I'm passionate about something You have no better person than me, okay, to work with you If I'm passionate about it But if I'm not, I am dead weight I can't pretend, I can't fake it I look like an asshole because I'm so not into it and I cannot hide that. I am just not a fake person. I am as real as it gets. So it's literally painful to watch JC go through this on live television. Like it, oh my God, it just makes me so mad that they made him do this. If you would like to endure this clip, you can watch it on YouTube, but it's, it pains me. Also in June 2006, J.C. did an interview with Ryan Seacrest on KISS FM, and he said, The first single has been picked, and it is Until Yesterday. I wrote the song with Justin Timberlake, and it's insane. I'm singing my tail off on this record. He said it was not straight pop, but it wasn't rock either. He said it's a great musical song, upbeat, feels good, is sarcastic, and has a queen-esque harmony. He confirmed that the album was still being mixed. He said the first single is due out in August and the album due out in the fall. So do you notice how every time he's interviewed, it's like mysteriously pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back? We don't know as much about this one as we do about Schizophrenic in terms of what was going wrong at the label and the changes that were going on and how they were treating JC. One thing that I really love about Justin Timberlake is that he stepped up to help JC with this record, because let's be honest, it wasn't just a natural collab. It wasn't. JC and Justin, yes, they're best friends. They're always going to be that way, but Justin was helping JC. Like, make no mistake, he did not have to do this. Justin was at the top of his game. He was incredibly popular at the time. He had his own album to promote. This is the future sex love sounds era, which many people still consider his best album. And here he is in the studio with JC. That's not something that he had to do to further his own career, right? Like he's doing that because he genuinely wants to. And I love that. Personally, I think that Justin might have been the reason why Jive decided to give any financing at all to J.C.'s second album. I don't know if he literally marched into somebody's office and said, hey, pay attention to this guy, he's my friend, or if it was just the fact that because Justin worked with J.C., suddenly the label was like, oh, okay, maybe we should care about this person. I don't know, but I really appreciate that Justin did this. It means a lot to me as an sync girl and a Justin is real (laughs) person. Josh, Tin, Israel. And when I say that, by the way, I mean as like besties, brothers, super close friends. So I don't mean that they like were dating, but you know what I mean. In July, JC was featured again in People Magazine, they have taste, for their Celebrate the 90s issue. So already it's only 2006 and he's doing nostalgia articles. So he wrote a bit about his experience in NSYNC and it's titled, I Survived a Boy Band. Actually, I loved it. We were like sponges. We were really able to appreciate it. We lived a dream, a full life in a matter of years. In South Africa, we got to go swimming in two oceans, the Indian and the Atlantic, within an hour. When were they in South Africa? Do I remember that? Am I missing something? In a boy band, in terms of imagination, the sky was the limit. Other genres worry about looking cheesy, but if we could think it, we tried it. If there was a new product, we'd stick it in our hair. If there was something ridiculous to wear, we'd wear it because we thought it was cool to stand out. It is cool to stand out. You taught me that. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I'm having a conniption over here. We were so excited about being on stage, we'd wear snakeskin pants when we were in our hometowns with everyone else in khaki pants. Because, JC, you were not born to wear khakis. You were born to stand out in those snakeskin pants. Please wear them every day. Thank you. But we never went crazy in our personal lives. I know a lot of bands, and their problem is they lose respect for each other. We're not a band anymore. Ah, <laughs> Sorry, this is very quickly making me lose my mind. I've read this before when I made these notes, but like, I don't know, it's just hitting right now. We're not a band anymore. But we still respect each other, and that's why we stayed friends. Everybody remained humble, and when you're a solo artist, you have to eat humble pie again. With my next solo album out later this year, the writing's done. I'm in the production phase. It's definitely still pop. It's stuff you can dance to, but everything is guitar-based. It's lonely when you're a solo artist. People say they can relate to you, but they can't because they're not in your shoes. In sync there were four other people who were in the exact same position I was in, so they really did understand. And that's it. Did he say a mouthful or did he say a mouthful? Like, does that not explain why he does not have a solo career? Like, that's it right there. He doesn't like being alone. He does not like being alone. He likes having someone there to share it with. Also in July... JC was featured in another magazine, which was Giant Magazine. They wrote, The NSYNC star-turned-solo act is hard at work on his second CD. We hung out in the studio for an exclusive preview. After recording for the past year in London, New York, Miami, and LA, JC is putting the finishing touches on his next as-yet-untitled CD due out this fall. As a writer, it's fun to go to different places and draw new energy, Shazay said. It's about experiencing new things. In contrast to his last album, Schizophrenic, which Billboard described as, quote, "...wonderfully all over the musical map," though it only peaked at 17 and sold a disappointing 51,000 copies in its first week. Chazay says this album is more focused. I met new writers this time and teamed up with different friends. Shazay's big-named collaborators include Dallas Austin, Timbaland, and Justin Timberlake, who chimes in on God Bless America and the satire Until Yesterday. Now, is it really a satire? Like, we'll break it down more in the episode with Anna, but like, is it really satire? Like, I don't know. Justin and I went right back to finishing each other's sentences, Shazay says. A lot of our personal jokes show up on the album. Joshin is real. Like, I keep telling you guys, I, I repeat this every day. Every morning I wake up, I look in the mirror, and I say, Joshin is real. That's just, that's my morning routine. Other tracks include Souped Up 80s Ballad, I'm Not Sleeping Alone, and Satellite, co-written by Jimmy Harry. This has been my favorite record-making experience, Shazay says. Just don't ask whether NSYNC is getting back together. He says everyone and their mother is always asking that. I'm still asking that, bitch. What's going on? (laughs) What's going on? When is the tour? When is the tour? I literally will be 90 years old with like hooked up to machines and be like, When's the tour? Anyway, that's my personal issue. Let's move on. So AOL Music asked JC a few questions about the story of Kate, and they mainly focused on the tracks that he wrote with Justin Timberlake. He said, We had a lot of fun. Until yesterday is a lot of The Beatles meets Freddie Mercury. That guy was so operatic and entertaining, and the song is a soap opera. Yeah, I would call it a soap opera. That's accurate. I wouldn't call it satire, though. Like, that's, it's not satire. You know what I mean? Like, if you actually listen to the song, I I would never think that. But it is a soap opera. I think what he means by satire is, like, you're not supposed to take it Completely seriously? Though the former Boy Banders both released their new records later this year, Shazay said it didn't put them off collaborating. The records are two different worlds. They really are, he says. We are not competing in any way, shape, or form. It's hard for people to imagine, but we have two very different stories to tell, and we had a lot going on in our lives the last four or five years that we've been apart. You really can't play one record on my album that sounds Like any one of his records Shazay says listeners will be surprised at his new direction Everything I've been working on is mainly guitar based So he repeated that from the other article So he really wanted people to know It's guitar based Which makes sense because As I said about Schizophrenic Like a lot of the music of this time Was just being produced on computers And there were no actual live instruments included So he really wanted people to know That it's written on the guitar Meaning like he wasn't just making beats on a computer Not that there's anything wrong with that Like that's music that's legit music. I know that I'm sure there's like a lot of people out there making beats on their computer that are like, excuse me. But sitting down and strumming a guitar and writing a song from that place, it's just different. And it makes sense that he would want people to know that that's where the album was coming from. In fact, he talked to Tag World about this in August. Where he said, it's a totally live record. There's no beat machines or anything like that. It's just all live instruments. We basically jammed out to it in the studio, all live players. This record, I feel like I kind of found myself in a way. I really found my voice, my sound. There's a lot more continuity. The last record was schizophrenic because I was being so experimental. Because yeah, you know, those, those people that have schizophrenia, they're, they're always experimenting. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to drag JC, but it's just like, anyway, anyway, let, let's not even get into that. We, we already did that. So he said, that was fun. I mean, it was part of my life, but this record is definitely focused and it was almost like a record where I found myself. I found a sound that is unique to me. It's very musical, but very intelligent. And that's why I feel like I've made an intelligent pop record. Like I said, it's IPM. It's intelligent pop music. J.C. also did a video for Tag, so here he is describing the story of Kate.
1: Hey, I'm J.C. Shazay, and I'm here at Tag World in Santa Monica, and I'm here to answer some of your questions and explain to you what's going on with me musically. I've been working on uh, this new record. Uh, This is my sophomore album. This record uh, actually tends to be a lot more sarcastic uh, than maybe my last record I was so... Uh, serious on a lot of things, trying to you know be very uh, thoughtful and musical. And this this record is definitely thoughtful and musical, but I also took a, a bit of a stance where um, I think that everybody kind of takes themselves too seriously, so I backed off and kind of had a laugh at a lot of things that I find funny, so it's pretty cool.
0: JC talked to AOL Music again in August of 2006 and speaking about his collab with Timbaland for a song called Fire, he said, you know what? I know he's been kind of caged as a hip-hop producer, but his music taste goes well beyond that. I think that's what makes his music so interesting. He's not just a beat maker. The guy does think outside the box, and it's because he's a cultured musician. Never heard that about Timbaland before, but, like, leave it to J.C. Shazay to say that. He's a cultured musician. Love that. I mean, I don't love what he said about Britney, like, bye, Timbaland, Bye. At a February 2007 Grammy party, J. C. talked about working with Timbaland again and said, we were working on this one song and I said, this is what I'm feeling. And he goes, scrap that, give me three hours. He goes away and comes back three hours later with new ideas. And I was like, that's me. I don't know how you did that, but yes, that's what I'm talking about. So I worked on my vocal ideas and storylines that night, but then he got excited and reworked it again. Really, it was like a game of ping pong. We were feeding off of each other. Shazay himself is stretching out with this guitar-based release. (laughs) He was like, look, (laughs) I wrote this on the guitar. I want everybody to know that. In part by getting lyrically deep on the song Satellite. It's about being unreachable, basically. (laughs) Ashley Simpson coded. (laughs) It's a love story between two people, and yet they'll never meet. Hence the word satellite. If there are two satellites in the sky, the only way they'd end up meeting each other is when they destroy each other. That's what the whole song is about that hurts like like i said even when he just describes his music i'm like on the floor like i like he makes me want to lay on the floor and cry jc you're the best so in august Justin joined JC for an interview with MTV News, which I think, again, is amazing. Like I said, Justin did not have extra time to be doing stuff like this. I love that he did this. I have to give him credit where credit's due. Justin told MTV News, He and I have written three or four songs now that I kind of put a producer hat on for, which was an honor because, in my opinion, he had the best voice out of all of us. Out of all the boy bands, call him what you will, he was the one that could outsing all of us and I've known him since I was 10, so it was fun to sit behind the board and push him. What have I been saying since the beginning of this series? Please, Justin has always looked up to JC. JC is like Justin's hero, okay? Like, I love that he said that. I love that he let his ego go to say something like that publicly to MTV. Because, yes, JC does have an objectively better voice than Justin I'm sorry Justin stands Relax Don't tweet me Don't email me Please I don't care But like he does And nobody knows that more Than Justin That's the thing is like I honestly think that That Justin this whole time was like looking around Like when are people going to notice that this guy is better than me Like is not Are they not noticing Like did They don't know yet Did nobody see that Does no are, Are you guys not hearing this is no one seeing those dance moves? Like, is... I'm still the most popular? What What's going on? Like, I, I honestly, sincerely think that. I think that because he was the one who knew better than anybody how talented JC was, he had to get out there and help with his album. Like, I'm not saying it was charity. Like, who wouldn't want to work with JC? JC's fucking amazing. Like, Justin is lucky to get to work with JC, too. But like I said... For all the Justin haters that are just like oh he abandoned all of them It's like yeah he did kind of but like I'm not saying that the other guys in the group aren't insanely talented But clearly Justin felt that writing songs with JC was worth his time His very valuable at this point time And I just really appreciate that Shazay has described his follow up to Schizophrenic due in early 2007 See it just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed as more focused, and Timberlake is proud to take some credit for that direction. I remember our conversations about it. I said, You're too talented for your own brain. I think that when you have that much talent and you can sing so many different styles, you want to sing all of them. And so, what we did in the studio is I really feel like we zoned in on a specific thing for him, and it really came out. Not only do I really think they're good songs, good pop records, but they build a character for him so interesting so in like i could break this down word for word like okay you're too talented for your own brain i told y'all justin knows okay justin knows jc like better than anybody Justin is real and he's right like there are so many creative people in this world that need to be reined in Okay, like they need to be reined in as much as I love it. I've said this so many times that JC was free on Schizophrenic and he did whatever the hell he wanted. And he told everybody to, you know, go away, leave him alone and let him work. Everybody has to shrink their world down to a more manageable size. It's like some people in this world are just so talented at so many different things, but they can't pursue everything at once. They can't go down every road at once. It's just a very simple metaphor. It's like when you're driving or when you're walking, you have to pick one direction. I love that JC had this moment on Schizophrenic where he just did anything but what happens if we do focus a little bit what happens if we make the vision so clear and crisp just what happens like let's just see what happens and I love that JC kind of deferred to Justin a little bit and he was like look your album is a hit and mine isn't so like what should I do? I'm not saying those words actually came out of his mouth, but like, I just love this, like, why don't they collab more often? What happened? Why was this the last time this happened? Like, I, I'm not okay. While schizophrenic merged genres from R&B to electronica to rock, the new album is solely pop alternative, as JC has dubbed it. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't give it a specific style, you give people too much room to compare you to everyone else, Justin said. And I definitely saw that with the first record. I love how he's describing this. Like, he's like, yeah, that album was a flop, but I'm gonna say why in the nicest way possible. Like, it was a flop because JC is just too talented. That's why it was a flop. None of you guys get it. The world is not sophisticated enough for this man. And so I'm gonna help him narrow this shit down. And then it's gonna be a hit, okay? Here is JC on a radio show talking about his collabs with Justin.
1: According to your Wikipedia page, yeah, okay. one of <laughs> tracks is called uh, God Bless America. Yes, indeed. That's, is that you know, the regular God Bless America? or Is this a brand new? This, this is a whole another thing. Uh, this is, uh, it, it, it's a, our take. It's another one I did with Justin. Um, mm-hmm. We were sitting around the studio and we were like, you know what? I haven't heard uh, like a California girls kind of thing in a long time. You know, the last... People to do it, or like maybe the Beach Boys or David Lee Roth remade it, but nobody's actually written an original song in a while that kind of is in that genre. So we right. decided, um, you know, what would be like the next? I wish they all could be California girls. We just kind of were like, man, she, uh, and we just kind of were sitting around and um you know we both live in the south and, and stuff like that and, and just thinking like all the funny p- sayings that everybody kind of said around us and we're just like god bless america that woman is beautiful and we're like <laughs> we're gonna make that into a song now so that's like great. so that that's uh how it ended up becoming the the record god bless america it's actually just about you know how hot a girl is and, and how there's no place better to meet a girl than right here so that's awesome yeah. and
2: uh, another song is called uh, better with you
1: better with you um yeah that song is uh it's it's, it's kind of like a mid-tempo uh, ballad-y kind of thing. And that's just about, uh, you know, that's your typical um, I'm in love and my life is better with you in it. So. Gotcha.
0: On August 30th, 2006, this was a magical night. Justin had an after-party slash after show following the VMAs that year. It was at Roseland Ballroom in New York. And this was a really special show. It was really hard to get into. I think it was mostly just for industry people and friends. And during this show... JC joined Justin on stage and they performed until yesterday, which ended up being the official first single off of the story of Kate. So, I'm not really a huge fan of Fox News. I know that comes as a shock. (laughs) And they are so rude in this article toward Justin. But they point out how JC is great and steals the show from him at his own show. Okay? So just listen to this shit. This is like... (laughs) Okay. Their, their headline is, Justin Timberlake, out of sync or timber fake? So they're not Justin fans It says, on a night when MTV put out its annual freak show You know, because they're always saying that showbiz is like the devil or whatever <laughs> They said that the VMAs gained terrible reviews from not only critics but fans alike It seemed only appropriate that their last best hope of an artist stage an after show to promote his new monotonous album <laughs> That's what they say about future sex love sounds, okay? Even me, someone who is, like, not the biggest fan of Justin's solo work, like, girl, (laughs) that album is not monotonous, but, like, okay, whatever. So, they wrote Justin Timberlake, who's only 25, but at this point seems like he's 60 – played the Rosen Ballroom in New York City this morning. The show was scheduled for midnight, but came off at around 1.30 in the morning in a swirl of disorganization. This probably had something to do with the fact that his overpowered agent is also simultaneously handing handling the tricky comeback of Janet Jackson and that his publicist was at the Venice Film Festival with Ben Affleck okay t that left the planning to Timberlake's record company Jive whose name suits them to a t what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> Okay, um, I should tell you that Roseland was jam-packed by the time Timberlake hit the stage, wearing, for some reason, a little black Charlie Chaplin-type bowler and a black vest over a white shirt. The show was designed to promote the former NSYNC star's new album, Future Sounds Slash Love Sexy. (laughs) Did they even bother to fact check, or was this just... Whatever, I I don't know So they continue to diss him And then it says The other surprise guest of the night Because one of the other ones was Timbaland Was former NSYNC buddy J.C. Shazay, Whose solo number was a generous gesture on the part of Justin Shazay's song was unexpectedly strong And nearly stole the show from Timberlake For its energy and straight on vocal power So, I mean, fuck Fox News Like, really, fuck you But I love that even Fox News, who, let's be honest, none of us turn to for musical criticism or opinions of any kind, even they are, like, actually J.C. Shazay rocked. I love that. I love that. I just think that's amazing that they didn't just say, like, oh, yeah, screw this guy, too. You know, it's just really impressive to me that he even won over Fox News. Like, are you kidding? King. J.C. is the king. On September 5th, 2006, MTV News did yet another update on the story of Kate. So JC's talking about until yesterday and he says... Well, it's not your average love story by any means. It's actually about your girlfriend getting knocked up with another man's baby. How would you deal with that? Shazay calls the album, which he spent more than a year and a half working on and just finished recording last month, a collection of, quote, intelligent pop. It's a great pop record, one that makes you think. It's not generic, and it's just a great sounding record too. Shazay and Timberlake co-wrote and co-produced until yesterday, along with two other cuts that are slated for the final track list, God Bless America and Better With You. So we have God Bless America, at least a version of it that's leaked, but we don't have Better With You, unfortunately. Sorry to interrupt everybody. But if you're loving what you hear in this episode, you might want to subscribe to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash There you will find all my bonus content. So you will have access to 55 plus bonus episodes, video episodes, and you get all my public episodes a week early ad free and you get them in an extended cut kind of like the director's cut of a movie so if you want some extra content from the ashley and jessica cast please go to patreon.com ashley and jessica where you can subscribe at the five dollar or the ten dollar tier you're charged once per month and you can cancel online anytime back to the episode Until Yesterday premiered on AOL First Listen, which Lance also shared and promoted on his own MySpace. We love InSyncers supporting other InSyncers. And then it was officially released on September 25th, so you could buy it as a single on iTunes. Same thing with You Ruined Me. So when fans get upset about people listening to these songs, I understand it more with the other ones, but as far as Until Yesterday and... You Ruined Me? I mean, they were officially released. Like, they were finished and released. Yes, they were eventually pulled, but it's not like the world never got to hear them at all and they were, like, ripped out of JC's secret safe that he keeps under his bed or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Entertainment Weekly did a review of Until Yesterday and said, Let me preface my remarks about JC's new single, Until Yesterday... By saying I'm probably one of the 11 people on the planet who still listens to the guy's first solo disc, 2004 is schizophrenic. Okay, look, I was definitely one of those 11. And I know some of y'all were. Okay, And while Until Yesterday has an undeniably driving beat and a sticks-in-your-head melody that converge and build to a very dramatic crescendo, the lyrics of this single give me uncomfortable cause for pause. Aren't there ways to sing about paternity drama without resorting to screechingly unpoetic lines like the baby's not my blood type? And seriously, JC, when the line If you play with fire, then you'll get burned Is the lead off batter for your chorus Then perhaps it's time to set down the pen And back away from the obvious cliches Ouch I mean look I disagree because this song is a banger And when I sit down with Anna to review the album We are really going to get into each and every song So I'm not going to give all my thoughts on the song here I do love the sound of this song though Like that's what I'll say I love the sound I love the beat. The lyrics are not my favorite. So like I'll give him that, but I still think this is kind of cruel. Like why are you focusing so much on the lyrics? If you don't like them, like listen to the melody and the beat. Like I love this song. This song is hot, okay? It is, it is a great song. For those who don't know, the concept of this song is basically two people are in a relationship. The man finds a note on his dresser that says, I'm pregnant with another man's baby and that's how he finds out about that. He's basically saying, I loved you up until yesterday when I found this damn note. How dare you? And JC said, you know, this is not personal. I this is not about me. This did not happen to me or anything. So I'm just like, why write this? Like I don't know why focus on this topic. And like I said, I'll get more into it with Anna, but I just the lyrics like I'm also not crazy about. However, the song is so good. Like I know it's hard to ignore the lyrics if they bother you, but I just think sonically this song is Worth giving a chance to In October 2006 Until yesterday Was made available As a digital download On iTunes For 99 cents Also Justin Threw JC another bone Thank you Justin Somebody gave a shit I appreciate you For this Justin So He was coming out With his clothing line William Rast And so he was having A fashion show And The entertainment at the fashion show was none other than JC, and JC performed the song until yesterday, so at least this was some exposure for JC, because of course Jive could not be bothered to put JC on any shows or book anything for him, except for the freaking Bachelorette on the Today Show, like, excuse me, who do I need to fire, what is your problem? Why do you need Justin Timberlake to take it upon himself to give JC a promotional appearance, like, are you kidding me? Like JC has to perform in between guys modeling jeans That are named after Justin Timberlake's grandfather Please give me a break Like I can't Thank you Justin for trying At least Thank you Somebody did God I'm like mad I'm honestly like I, I wish I could call the police on Jive Records in 2006 Like it's unacceptable So unfortunately The single was failing to gain traction on the charts I wonder why Maybe it was because jive didn't promote it like that's a clue as to why a lot of people didn't even know about this song like i can tell you honestly i was deep into pop culture at this time like just the same as i am today i was always on the internet i was chronically online checking all the blogs all the music blogs all the gossip blogs but if it wasn't for the fact that i was still obsessed with nsync and everything that each individual member was doing i would not have known about this honestly like it wasn't something that was like widely posted about everywhere like if i didn't check mtv and like check like i was friends with jc on myspace and everything like if that wasn't the case i would not even have known about this and that is insane are you kidding me like This is 2006, we're not even that far off from when NSYNC was big, and Justin and JC collabed on a song together, and not only that, but something that is so different from NSYNC, and is so different from anything on the radio, and you're telling me that you can't even put him on a few shows? Like, I just am so mad, I just am still so mad about this, and I know that if JC listened to this, he would be like, okay, get over it, like, it's been almost 20 years, and I'm fine, but still, still. On November 2006, JC appeared on the show Ghost Whisperer starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, my girl, love her, and he played a musician until yesterday was featured on the show. So at least that was a little bit of promotion, but let's be honest, it's really rare that just by putting a song on a TV show, it does Anything like Ghost Whisper wasn't as big as something like Grey's Anatomy, which was premiering all kinds of new songs that would then fly up the charts. So this didn't give it much of a boost, unfortunately. JC attended the American Music Awards on November 22nd, where he talked about Freddie Mercury being the main inspiration for the album. He said, Freddie was a rock artist, but he definitely did pop music. There are splashes of Freddie Mercury in the first single. When it came to the arrangements and the harmonies, I did some operatic parts and things like that, which were a lot of fun. Prince and George Michael, he says, are two intelligent pop artists as well, but Shazay wants people to know he isn't necessarily comparing himself to those masters. I'm not trying to say my records like that. I just think they brought unique perspectives to pop music and put thought into their records, and that's what I did. So in December, (laughs) and I have to give a huge amount of credit to those videos on YouTube, it's like a two-part documentary on JC called Dirty Poplitics. I know a lot of you JC fans out there have seen that. I actually never knew this until I watched their video about this, but in December, you know how they always have the Jingle Balls So depending on what your local radio station is, like for us here, it's Z100 Jingle Ball. For some people, it's like Kiss FM Jingle Ball, you know. And it's a concert that a radio station puts on, and it has a bunch of headlining acts, just popular acts of the time. So at the Los Angeles Jingle Ball, Justin was the headliner and performed with Timbaland. At the New York City Jingle Ball... The Killers, Pussycat Dolls, Rihanna, The Fray, Nelly Furtado, Evanescence, and Nick Lachey performed. So that was a pretty hot lineup for the time. And the one that J.C. performed at, it was in New York, it was in L.A., it wasn't even Chicago or Boston or Dallas, okay? It was in Ohio. Take it in. Take it in. It's Ohio. Ohio. I'm Sorry, no offense to people who live in Ohio I enjoy Ohio I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland Just like every other music lover, okay? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it I'm just saying, is it New York? Is it LA? Is it a musical metropolis? Is it Nashville? No So Nick Lachey also performed at this one As did Rihanna, who was new at the time And Brooke Hogan I actually really like a few of Brooke Hogan's songs, I have to say And Bowling for Soup So you might be wondering, why am I bringing up this jingle ball? Well, JC was there not as a performer, but he was the host I am putting on my brass knuckles And I am fighting whoever made this decision I don't know who you are, but I'll find you I'll find you Because Nick Lachey was also on Jive Records And if you've been a fan of the Ashley and Jessica's for a while You know how I feel about Nick Lackey Please don't get me started, okay? Now, did he have a good album out? Maybe I haven't listened to the full album But I do think what's left of me is a good song Okay, let's be honest, it's a good song But You're telling me that you're gonna book Justin as a headliner for the LA Jingle Ball. Okay, fine. Justin is Justin, but then for New York City, you're gonna you're gonna get Nick Lachey and not JC. And then you're gonna also get Nick Lachey at the Ohio one, which makes sense because I like I get it. Nick Lachey is from Ohio, so of course he would want to do that. But you're you're gonna have JC host, not sing. Are you kidding me? Like as the host, he couldn't even do one song. Like what is the problem? I don't understand. This would be like if you had the most amazing, loyal, loving, caring, supportive, hot boyfriend ever, and you were cheating on him left and right. Like, what will it take for you to see what you have right under your nose? I don't get it. I just really don't get it. So even though Until Yesterday was released on iTunes in October and they were trying to get it on the radio back then, in January of 2007, they were still trying to get it to gain some traction. But of course, they weren't just doing the obvious things that anybody would do when promoting an album like booking JC on all the big shows. Instead, they had JC continue to post about it on MySpace, which, yes, definitely, you know, that is a way to reach your fans, and I know that a lot of JC and NSYNC fans were calling radio stations, they were trying, but... At this point, you don't have as many fans left over as you did when NSYNC ended, right? So it's like they have to put the marketing out there. They have to spend the money to remind all of these NSYNC fans, hey, look who it is. It's JC. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes, we know Justin has this great album out and y'all are distracted. But remember JC? He can really sing. He can really write. He can dance. He can do it all. So JC posted on... January 3rd, 2007 We need everyone to call in and request until yesterday As stations add until yesterday I will be posting the station and call in number on my site You can call as many times as you want Thanks for all your support And I will be visiting cities around the country in the next six weeks Now excuse me You're telling me that the artist has to post every single individual station And their individual call in number That's his job? That's his job. Does Jive Records not have a marketing team? Like, do they not have interns? I don't understand what's going on. Jive did send JC on an East Coast radio tour. Now, this is back in the day where you kind of had to romance radio stations a little bit if you really wanted them to play your song because, yes, DJs do play what's popular and what's getting requested, but also, just like everything else in show business, if they like you, they're going to just keep playing your song so more people can hear it and more people can get exposed to it even if they're not requesting it yet it's like oh well maybe they will if I keep playing it every hour on the hour just to make sure that people are hearing it you know so it always worked out better for artists Maybe not always, but it was common that if you maybe were not on top of the charts that you would go to radio stations in person to deliver your CD single instead of just having the label ship it to them because you want to be able to charm them in person and give them a live studio interview and talk to their regular listeners and your fans on their station make people tune in for the chance to talk with you or something like that you know so jc was really putting his nose to the grindstone trying to get his new music out there Of the radio tour, J.C. said, There are so many avenues for entertainment, but music belongs on radio. I wanted to reconnect with people at radio by hand-delivering the song City by City. People connect to music mostly through the radio, in the car or at home, so it's important to me to reestablish those relationships again to build up fan contact. I am able to come out and get their point of view and tell them the story of why this record came to be." See, it's so interesting. Like, this was early 2007. If JC had had the foresight, which he kind of did with musicfreedom.com, right – to connect with fans online more instead of traveling and going to radio stations because when you go to radio stations you're only meeting like a small handful of fans at once but if he had started doing live streams or something which I think was that was just kind of becoming a thing like I remember live streams and stuff happening back then maybe even before then so yeah I mean it was possible like it's just a shame that he didn't realize that things were moving so far away from radio. I mean, I never listened to the radio. I I don't think I listened to the radio much back in 2007 either. I had already moved on from it. And I noticed that in a lot of these interviews, unfortunately, I can't find most of them. But the ones that I have listened to or read the transcripts for, the DJs seem so impressed with JC's music, which I think is amazing because I have a pretty good bullshit detector because of all of the pop culture that I've consumed my whole life and also my own experiences in show business, and I can really tell when a host is just BSing somebody and saying, oh my god, the new song is great, you know, what What inspired you to write this or whatever, and it's not that way with J.C., The DJs seem so genuinely interested in what he's doing, and remember, they're not your average person. They hear every single song that gets delivered to radio, and they decide how much they want to play it or not. So you would think that them gushing over JC would help him out a little bit. you think that they would play the song more on the radio, but unfortunately, I guess that didn't happen or maybe it did and people just weren't ready for it i don't know but here he is on one of the radio shows describing the album
1: first of all i'm here you know playing everybody some some music and stuff these guys they came in they came in they won so i played them a couple of tunes tonight uh the the album is you know there's not a finalized title but tentatively the the album is going to be called kate Kate, oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. K A T E. K A T E. Who, who's Kate? Uh, Kate is an imaginary person that uh, I. High standards, aren't Why you? not. <laughs> well, like the songs are. You, uh, you know, I wanted to make a a record that that you know people could relate to and things like that. But I wanted to make it interesting as well, and uh, not you know none of the songs are in particular about one person. You know, they're they're from maybe a collection of experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up, you know, each song is kind of like more about more than one scenario that's maybe happened to me at one time or another. And you know, since it's not about one person, I kind of had to dream it into this one person. To give it, a, to give the record a focus. One big conglomerate. One, person. All I'm thinking about well, is like yeah.
2: uh, the next step for you is you're gonna go into uh, like some sort of like weird
1: science. Uh, no, I'm, uh, not, know, I'm create, not. gonna hook it up to a Barbie create, doll. No. I mean, you can actually
2: create someone.
1: So, what would you like, boys, to do like, first? You know, it's, it, essentially, that I mean, with the record, then I mean that's my weird science. I've gone into the studio over the past year and, and created this uh, person out of thin air. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, uh, when is the tentative date that the new album will uh, drop? Um, well, I, obviously, I'm, I'm throwing you guys a single. You guys hopefully will play it tonight. And then, we'll play tonight. We'll play it yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Play in a little bit. Yeah. And then um, the, the album should be out like March, March, April. So,
0: The DJ then asked JC what his favorite song on the album was. And he goes on to share more about Kate.
1: That's tough to say. Uh, I'm still, I'm actually still kind of living with these songs. They're all still new to me because, uh, you know, I just finished writing them. Um, so I, it kind of changes on the daily. Uh, I know a lot of people like the song Kate, which, uh, you know, I did a song called Kate for the record and a lot of people like that. The fictional woman. The fictional woman. Jixi's fantasy. Um, I actually, uh, right now, I'm kind of partial to a couple of songs. I think one of them is called uh, Satellite and its a, it's a really cool, interesting record. Um, more of an electronic record, and uh, it's just a metaphor. And I, I find the song very smart, and I and I like that. I, I wanted to make a record um, that, that uh, can spark interest to people. Uh, I didn't want to treat my audience like they weren't intelligent. I wanted to, you know, I wanted them. I wanted to respect my audience in, enough to treat them as an intelligent audience, and, and instead of just you know putting the same old cliches together, I wanted to put interesting you know ideas incorporated into these into these stories. So.
0: Also in January 2007, J.C. was featured in Genre Magazine, and they titled the article Bringin' Smart Back. Of course, of course they have to say that, because Justin is bringin' sexy back, right? That's Justin's song, so of course they have to compare him to Justin with the title. It's just (sighs) annoying. But anyways... Talking about Kate, he once again said, I'd like to call it an intelligent pop record. I'm not trying to be R&B, rock and roll or electro. I'm a pop artist and I'm trying to make smart pop music while not being stifled by just one style, but it is a cohesive record with a distinct feel and focus. I wonder if he kind of set himself up for failure calling it an intelligent pop record because You and I, (laughs) me, the creator of the series, and you listening to it, I think we know that JC isn't a snob. But I do think it kind of sounds a little bit like he's saying, well, all the other pop music out there is mindless, and I'm going to make pop music that isn't mindless, you know? I mean, he's almost kind of acting like he invented the concept of having a pop song that actually means something and is well thought out, which isn't true. So I don't know if him repeating this over and over was necessarily a good idea. He said Freddie Mercury was definitely an inspiration for the first single Until Yesterday and a few other songs. His sense of arrangement is unlike anybody else's. I also like his irony and sarcasm and those things actually show up in a couple of songs. There are a few songs that are outright campy and fun. There's a song called, I will be somebody to someone someday. To me, that title alone is very campy. It's smart yet fun and it makes you giggle and the track itself is almost like a polka. Pa-pa-doom, pa pa pa-doom. P-padoom, padoom. <laughs> you will have to strut along when you hear it. I love that JC thinks that we're going to strut. Not just that we want to strut, but he said, you will have to strut. He's laying down the law. You have to strut when you hear, I will be somebody to someone, someday. I understand what he means there. The, the title is campy, and we'll talk more about that in our track-to-track breakdown next episode. They said that the collaboration with Justin might surprise people and asked if JC feels any pressure to meet certain expectations, especially since he had his start in a boy band. And he said, I don't worry about the success I had in my past. I'm very thankful for it. I don't feel pressured to collaborate with anybody, but if a situation comes along and I feel good about it, I will do it. That's what music is all about. For me, you're supposed to experiment. I get inspired by hearing new things. They asked how he feels about getting compared to Justin all the time, which is so funny because, like, you're doing it. And he says, there's not much I can do about that. It has happened throughout our careers. First, it was the Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, and then it was Justin versus Usher. In the end, I think I have something to offer the world, and my perspective is a unique one. You do have something to offer the world. You have so much to offer the world. Please come out with another album. Please, JC, we want it. I want you to tell me that I have to strut, okay? I want to hear that today in 2024, that I have to strut. I have no choice. Make me strut, JC. I will. If you put up the music, I will strut, okay? For you. Only for you. I'm not out there strutting for guys all over the street. I'm just saying for you, I will strut. I will. Okay. Genre Magazine is an LGBTQ plus magazine, probably wasn't called that in 2007, but they ask him a bunch of questions about Lance and him coming out and if he's ever had feelings for a guy, which JC says no, he hasn't, he's really boring that way which I thought was kind of a cute answer. Like he's saying, no, I'm boring. Like it would be cool if I liked guys, but I'm boring. (laughs) And then they ask, who is your favorite gay ever? (laughs) That's how they phrase the question. (laughs) Who's your favorite gay? And of course he responds, Lance Bass. He's my best friend. In February of 2007, the Morning Call newspaper out of Pennsylvania published an article called J.C. Chazay Gets Help from Friend Timberlake. When J.C. Shazay and Justin Timberlake work together, things happen. <laughs> they couldn't expand on that. They couldn't be like, amazing things happen or interesting things happen. No, just things happen. Just things. Then they go on to talk about how they were in the Mickey Mouse Club and then in Sync. Then it says, though both are now pursuing solo careers, a few months ago the two again joined forces for the first time in many years to write the 30 year old Shazay's new single, Until Yesterday. Timberlake also produced the track, which will be on the follow up to Shazay's underappreciated 2004 CD, Schizophrenic. The disc is due in March or early April. I wish, uh, I wish it came out. <laughs> They asked him about Justin's input on his record, and he said, His job was getting the best out of the artist, not to try to go in and make a record more like his. There's a difference between his songs and mine. Justin's are more about emotions. My record is more about storytelling. He was great at encouraging me, says Shazay of Timberlake. He would say, yeah, man, great idea. Let's see how far we can push it. Let's find the emotion in the track. He sat down at the keyboard and started going off with the chords. He gave it a cool little bounce. Shazay said he wanted a song that was, quote, smart and had a strong point of view. Usually a fun record has to be dumb and a smart record has to be serious. I wanted to make a serious record that is fun. JC was also asked by Delaware Radio Station, WSTW, what it was like working with Justin, and here's what he had to say.
1: Yeah, uh, well, just I mean, you know, when I worked with Justin, uh, he, he's, he really put on the producer cab. We wrote it together, but it was it was more about... It was more about you know he wanted to get the best out of me, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know the idea you know came from I, I came in with the line and it, and, the, and the, the tagline itself I was like there's something about this line that I think is special and the tagline is you know I loved you all the way until <laughs> yesterday. And that's a very heavy thing. Now I gotta yeah. say that when you when we played the song you're gonna hear the lyrics. This is heavy. There's no yeah. question about that. I mean where do you draw on something like that? Well you know I wanted to tell I wanted to tell a great story and that line already is colorful. It's True. Right from from jump. So it's like okay you know there's a million ways to say you know get away from me i don't want to be with you anymore right and we've heard a lot of them you know what i mean but this to me it felt colorful and you know with just the tagline alone it inspired me to write a very colorful story good way of putting it so um so i wanted to to create something dramatic you know because it's a dramatic and colorful statement so yes. i wanted to create a dramatic but colorful story mm-hmm. so it can you know it's it's harsh and yet you know it's all it's so outlandish it's almost funny in a way Mm -hmm. and uh, so it felt like you know the story that I was telling was a bit campy but serious and and there's a and and and, uh, so some of the influence there is is kinda like Freddie Mercury he just kinda like he would always tell like these great stories in all his songs and and yet they would be so melodic and yet they would be so powerful and uh, so um it ended up kind of uh when the record was done you know I guess at the end of the day you could uh feel that influence. It wasn't intentional at first, but right. then all of a sudden it just kind of evolved into this thing. So. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Freddie Mercury, because that was the two things that I caught us like there's a little bit of the Queen, a little bit of that ELO with some mm-hmm. of the harmony and arrangement going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what were you growing up listening to? Because I kind of wonder how this is coming out of you. Yeah, you know what though, I think that we're, you know, this is just a, now this is just an observation on society. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I really think that, that this generation right now is part of a communication age, and I, and I really don't think that anybody really listens to one's of, mu- of music anymore. I, I mean, would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that everybody's exposed to a lot now because of, of all the forms of communication that we have, mm-hmm. and so and and so I, you know I'm no different, man. I, you know, I, I you know I listen to this kind of music and that kind of music and every kind of music. Uh, you know, maybe it's because I have ADD and I get bored by this to too <laughs> much at one time. I don't know. We were together every day for ten years, you right. know, um, and, and at that point, you know, it's like. Uh, we already know each other's stories, and yet when we went into the studio this time, we both had a brand new set of stories to tell each other. So we were excited to hear these things, and, and uh, so it made the music exciting. And, and uh, so I, I think the product uh, uh, of the sessions were, were just were they were awesome.
0: In Pittston, Pennsylvania, J. C. did yet another interview, and they said that he played four songs. Kate which is also called If You See Kate, and we'll talk about that in the next episode as well. They described it as a hybrid with some programmed and some live audio. Love Again, a song presumably crafted for club airwaves, You Ruined Me for Life, an emotional yet peppy pop ballad, and Until Yesterday, a faux throwback to the 70s pop era that can be heard on local airwaves compounding on his intelligent pop concept jc told the radio station i think even the songs that don't take themselves seriously still have interesting stories and interesting metaphors and ways of coloring the story to make it more interesting than just stating the obvious all the time do you guys think that maybe jc is one of those people that needs to get out of his own way right it's like honey child, don't worry so much about being so intelligent, or being this, or being that, or, you know, not being a shallow song, or whatever, just write, dude, like, it's okay, whatever it is, we are gonna listen, you know, I mean, I'm not one of those fans that's just gonna say, I love every single song you do always, no matter what, it's like, no, I mean, not every song that he has done is my favorite song, but I will always be so, so, so intrigued to hear whatever JC is doing and. I don't need it to be so one thing or another thing or whatever. I think that artists are usually at their best when everything is just flowing out of them. And maybe that is part of why this record was never released, right? Like maybe he was standing too much in his way. Like in Black Swan, when he says, the only thing standing in your way is you. It's like, that is so true. I remember when I heard that line in the movie, I was like, oh my God, I have to get out of my own way. It's it's my fault. (laughs) He continued, I want it to be fun, man. I want it to be a fun record, but I don't want to treat my audience like they're stupid. I think that music is supposed to be entertaining, and I also think great music is supposed to inspire you, and it's supposed to trigger thought, even. I think, if nothing else, this will hopefully trigger thought. He told the Richmond Times dispatch in Virginia that he hopes fans will accept his musical maturity, saying, I give Justin credit for opening a lot of doors. I think he had a lot to do with showing it's about talent and you can be up there with the best of them. I'd like to think that soon enough I will be as well. Mmm, my heart. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. So by late March 2007, the label had completely given up on Until Yesterday having any success on the charts, which is so deeply disappointing, especially because, like I said, it's a Justin and JC song. I just don't understand what happened. But they did decide to give a ballad a try. Now this song, You Ruined Me. (sighs) Jive did start shipping out promo CDs to radio stations. JC hand-delivered one to KISS FM in Los Angeles, and they played it. They loved the song. It was also posted on AOL Music's First Listen, and JC was on several red carpets. He kept saying You Ruined Me would be officially released sometime in April. Now, it's the end of March. The single is supposed to be released in April, but he doesn't even know exactly when. Like, he doesn't have a release date. That's insane. When you have a new album coming out, your label should know months in advance when a single is going to be released. It's just so messy. It just, oh my God, I'm getting mad again. It just pisses me off so much. Like, who was in charge of all of this? Like, how did you fumble two lead singles that are this good? I mean, we have Until Yesterday, which... Is this incredibly unique Freddie Mercury inspired heavy beat that Hello is co-written and produced by one of the most popular artists in the world and then you have You Ruined Me which is more of a typical ballad and as I keep saying I'll break this down more with Anna but You Ruined Me is my all-time favorite J.C. Shazay song okay I don't understand how on earth they did not have him on every single morning show okay? He should have been on The View. He should have been on The Today Show, Good Morning America, Ellen, whatever else the hell was on in 2007. He should have been on every single show singing this ballad until he was blue in the face, okay? Instead, we have zero performances of You Ruined Me and we only have a couple of grainy, nothing so hard to even tell what's going on videos of Until Yesterday being performed at Rosalind Ballroom with Justin and then at Justin's fashion show. I just find it extremely pathetic, extremely pathetic that the only performances of songs from the story of Kate were facilitated by Justin Timberlake. I have to say I'm a JC girl through and through, but some of you guys that love JC and loathe Justin, this dude tried harder to help JC than Jive ever did. The proof is in the pudding. Why did JC only perform these songs when he was at a Justin show or a Justin performance? But you know what, no matter how much Justin loves JC, eventually he has to throw his hands up and say like, "Look, I can't do this on my own. I'm not your manager. I'm not your label, you know?" And I wonder if something happened because why don't they work together anymore? I mean, yes, they did on Better Place obviously, but I don't know, it's just so sad because they obviously love working together and I've heard that JC has maybe ghostwritten for Justin and other artists, and he prefers it like that. I mean, recently we just saw a post from Britney Spears where she said that she has ghostwritten tons of songs. And that makes total sense to me, right? Because she doesn't really love the fame part of her life, and neither does JC. So maybe he is working with Justin behind the scenes. Who knows? Maybe Justin is like, dude. Like, put your real name on this, and J.C. is saying no. All speculation, but I'm just saying. So, Billboard.com reviews You Ruined Me, and they said, After so many singles where former NSYNCer J.C. Chase attempted to prove how far removed he is from his pop roots, a la a bevy of urban-slash-hip-pop, drum-and-bass and and faux-rock, he at least surrenders to what he does best. Granted, the ballad You Ruined Me resembles Nick Lackey's... What's left of me? No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I hate when people say that. You Ruined Me is so much better than What's Left of Me, and I think that's a good song, but, like, sorry, no. But at this stage, it's make or break for Chazay, and he delivers a song that possesses a beautiful melody and a fine, robust vocal. It might not be groundbreaking, nor break Shazay from the pack, but it is clearly his best work to date. Yes, it was. It was a phenomenal piece of work. I mean... I don't really agree that it doesn't break him away from the pack because I think even J.C. singing the most basic of songs, which You Ruined Me is not, but even if he was singing like a very basic paint-by-the-numbers ballad, his voice would differentiate him. It always did. J.C.'s... Team posted on his website asking fans to request You Ruined Me. They said, Calling all fans, JC needs your help. Call your local radio stations and request You Ruined Me now. Check out JC's MySpace page for station numbers and websites. Request it now and listen to it here on JC's official website. Don't forget, you can download Until Yesterday at your favorite digital music service. So again, it's like they're relying on fans to request it. Why aren't you making a music video? Like, why aren't you getting it on TRL? At this point, TRL still existed. It wasn't popular anymore, but it still existed. The internet is at this point taking over. Make music videos. Get Justin Timberlake in your music video for until yesterday. Like, they're both on the same label. Get Justin on that. I don't care how busy he is. Get Justin on that, in that video. And it's the new JC and Justin video. Do a making the video on MTV. I don't even know if that show was canceled already, but if it was, then who cares? Just do an MTV special with Justin and J.C. sync reunited. Have all five guys having a listening party. J.C. plays his tracks for the other guys and we get to hear their input. And it's an in-sync reunion episode to promote J.C.'s music. Like, I just came up with that off the top of my head. And I'm not a genius. Okay, let's be honest. (laughs) I'm not a genius. I don't work in the music industry. Okay. This is just something that I came up with out of nowhere So if I came up with that shouldn't record label Professionals be able to come up with something even better like I don't understand So david allen jones was writing for noise magazine and he did a piece on jc He said, "'Until Yesterday' was supposed to be the song of 2007, a quirky pop treat about discovering your girlfriend was pregnant by another man. The song had interesting enough lyrics and production to be the breakout hit the other lead singer of NSYNC needed to get his underwhelming solo career going. For some odd reason, his label prematurely ended promotion for it right when it was gathering some critical buzz and opted on the less risky ballad, "'You Ruined Me' instead." Good thing this new single stands as yet another amazing release From the deserving Chazay, thank you, David Allen Jones. Where are you, David Allen Jones? I'm sending you a fruit basket. With a stronger voice and more admirable, creative slant than former bandmate Timberlake, JC should be one of pop's biggest stars. Yes, he should. But the approved, eclectic dance pop oeuvre found on his solo debut, Schizophrenic, was deemed far too ahead of its time, never quite finding a fit with the urban trends that dominated Top 40, scaling back his With more focus and an educated dedication to classic pop songcraft, his commercial success should be on the upswing as the public slowly falls in tune with the mastery glow of "You Ruined Me." Yes, yes, thank you. I'm not crazy. (laughs) Do you guys, as J C. girls, do you ever feel crazy? You're like, why isn't? Why aren't people like storming the offices of Jive Records with pitchforks and? lit up pieces of wood that are on fire, like what's going on, you know? I mean, I know Jive is no more, probably because they dropped the ball here, but <laughs> even back then, like, come on, what what happened? Like, even as I'm sitting here describing to you what happened, I'm still asking what happened because it doesn't make sense to me. David Allen Jones was the only person paying fucking attention and that's, that's it. Okay, so he said, <laughs> can you guys tell him a little, I'm a little worked up? A majestic piano and strings-based love song, You Ruined Me soars with a sophisticated lyric concerning a man caught up in the rapture of love. Yes, we've all been there. I can't. Standing outside his admirer's home, drenched from a storm, Chazé comes to grips with the burning emotions he can no longer ignore. I can't be with anyone since I felt our worlds collide. It's like I almost died. The way you make me feel. I'm sorry, I can't just read the lyric. Like, it's, oh my God, I love this song so much. He confesses, his heart pacing with anxiety out of the fear that she may not feel the same way. Blessed with a sturdy vocal range, Shazay efficiently succeeds at the dramatic Freddie Mercury-influenced peaks he reaches for, adding rich bombast to a dramatic orchestration that generously fleshes out the song's plaintive melody. Thank you, David Allen Jones. Thank you. Are you single? Just wondering. Most other artists would have sabotaged the song's simplistic beauty with needless runs, but Shazay understands the need for the lyrics to be heard and felt, forgoing the typical singer-producer battle for supremacy by not being too much of a distraction from You Ruined Me's moving soliloquy. (sighs) A power... I'm I'm having... Like, I'm having... I... I need- I just snorted. Did anybody hear that? Did the mic pick that up? I'm- I need a pill or something. A power pop ballad miles above the schlocky material the tag usually produces- You Ruined Me can't not make Shazay the chart-busting icon he should have been years ago. Girl, I just, that's the perfect review. Let's, you know what I'm gonna do? I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm gonna read the You Ruined Me lyrics, and I'm actually gonna read them. I'm not gonna sing them, okay? Because nobody signed up for that. Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna cry, okay. I could be the first to let you know that nothing means anything. Now I'm standing here outside your door in the pouring rain, and I can't believe nothing's supposed to get to me. Now I'm in this misery. I can't be with anyone since I felt our worlds collide. It's like I almost died. The way you make me feel, I'm changing. Got me breaking down inside. Baby, can't you see you ruined me for life? There's no going back. Okay, I just said that. That wasn't part of the lyrics, but I just – Do you know that feeling? Has anyone had that feeling? Of course you have, if you've had your heart broken. I remember with my former relationship, like, if if he and I were not in a good place, like, I could not sleep. Like, it had to be okay. It was and, – and, yeah, you go through these relationships where you break up and just – I love <sighs> – It's like I almost died the way you make me feel. I'm changing. Like, I'm changing. (laughs) You know how they say people don't change? Sometimes when you really have this heavy emotional experience where you're so in love, but you know it can't work, you change. Like, you irrevocably change. You are no longer the person that you were. There's something here that has truly shifted because that's how gigantic this relationship was and how vital it was, and there was probably a time where you never could have imagined or fathomed that you wouldn't be ever without that person, and now you are. And it ruins you. Like, you're done. That's it. Um, okay. Second verse. I will be the last to let you down. All your fears and doubts are hovering above you like a cloud, and the water's rising. Now I can't breathe. It's so good. Nothing's how it's supposed to be. How did you do this to me? locked inside your heart shaped box. That's so true. Like, how did you do this to me? Like, how did this happen? I was fine. I didn't need this shit. I'm JC Shazay. (laughs) Like, how dare you? And I love that just the way that the music, when he says, how did you do this to me? It just, it almost sounds sinister. Like, Then the bridge is, I don't want to be in love. I don't want to feel this way. All I want to do is leave, but all I can do is stay. Nights and days go by and I can't wait to touch your face again. It's so unresolved, you know, and that, oh my god, I could still relate to that because like, oh my god, the person I was with, like, we broke up a thousand, like, we broke up and got back together like ten times. I'm not even kidding you. Like, I know exactly what this feels like, how you're just like, no, like, I'm not the same. Like, I can't just... In other relationships that you have, you know, it's like you you get together, you have time together, you break up, it sucks, it's difficult. But, like, you're not like I'm forever changed, right? But then that certain person comes into your life and it's like, no. Like, my chemistry of my body is now different because of you. Like, it's – I can't. Um, God, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Soon after this, JC's official website announced that they were doing a special contest to have a listening party for the story of Kate where JC would come to your house. And that is annoying to me because, like, why would there be a listening party at a fan's house? I mean, I love that, but, like, there should be a- it should be a bigger deal. Like, you know how Taylor Swift used to do it where she would invite her fans to her house? I feel like that's- more of a big deal just because it's so odd and most celebrities don't do that so it really makes the news and it helps the promotion of the album and then the fans leave her house and they just can't help but tell everybody about how amazing the songs are but they're not allowed to like tell any details about what Taylor says like you're not allowed to quote her directly so there's this mystery behind it as well and it just makes other fans get so hyped up so I don't think this is like the worst idea to do it through fans and to go to a fan's house especially because it's like oh my god JC is coming to my house like who won this are you out there girl you better be listening to this because if if you don't still search for JC content, then what were you doing winning this contest? Because I could have, I would have won that and he would have been at my house, okay? And then, you know, we would have become best friends forever, gotten married or something. So you better be listening to this. Please DM me. So unfortunately, even with these positive reviews and fans requesting the song on radio, it just did not gain traction. And the song's official release was pushed to May 28th. 2007. Entertainment Weekly reported, Jive is hoping that the single will blow up. They don't feel like they need to put Kate out before then. Shazay said that his, quote, eclectic style makes his album hard to package. In today's day and age, everything has to be marketed specifically. That's tough when you're dealing with an artist like me. Again, this sounds kind of like, I don't know, that sounds kind of like artistically Conceited but it's really True like I can tell you as an actor Like for me you really have To pick a lane And stay in it so you're either like The nice good girl next door or you're the sexy temptress or you're like the older cougar who's really kooky or you're like the weird aunt like you have to pick something right and I'm always like but I'm an actress I'll act like whatever I can act I'm a great actor just just throw me on any audition I'll I could get cast in anything but that's not how the industry works it's like no we have to know where to put you where is your box it's like in Barbie <laughs> literally like in Barbie when they're like can you just get in the box and she gets in and she's like um before I get in the box can I just go make sure my hair is perfect it's like she has to get out of that box she cannot get back in that box she cannot stand that box and that's really how I feel like I feel like that's why I haven't had more success honestly is because like I don't want to do that like I'm not I'm not one thing and I don't want to be placed in categories and it's just so Difficult and I completely understand why jc wouldn't want to play that game because he's so ridiculously talented And he must know that like as modest as he is He does have this kind of quiet confidence about him that I find so attractive And I just feel like he's thinking why do I have to deal with this bullshit? I don't think I do i'm gonna go ghost right or something and I honestly really wouldn't be surprised if that is exactly what he does because Yeah, we know he's writing, but it's not like we hear about all these songs that are coming out all the time. I mean, there are a list of songs that I have that he has written and produced on over the years. But on a consistent basis, we don't really see him come out with a ton of new stuff or a ton of new collaborations. So I wonder how much of it is just happening behind the scenes. And I also wonder what his pen name is. (laughs) On June 8th, 2007, JC sent out a MySpace bulletin. Oh, those were the days, MySpace bulletins. I miss MySpace bulletins. So much, that was so fun He sent out a bulletin that said Jive sent you ruined me to Every radio station in the country Somehow I doubt that But he was asking fans to request it So then on June 15th Who remembers JJB That in sync message board that was All the rage back in the day This is just what a member of that site posted who knows it could be BS, but it goes in line with everything else that I've read and heard. So this user posted... Well, the ugly truth is Jive still is not backing what JC is doing. They said all the right things but did not follow through. His song is not being played because it takes money to market it and Mr. Barry Weiss is afraid to spend any money because he needs to show a profit for the year. Justin is the only artist Jive has really marketed this time. Most of Jive's artists have fallen into this pit. Joe just released a CD and he has already crashed and burned. JC is spending a lot of time writing with other groups and making a name For himself as a writer and a producer His career will continue to grow And he will get a chance to prove his talent But probably not with Jive I hope Barry Weiss's next job Uses the catchphrase Do you want fries with that often Even that he might not be qualified for Just thought I would give you an update In July of 2007 JC was still Sending out MySpace bulletins And posting blogs Encouraging fans to Request the song You Ruined Me On the radio and in my opinion at this point he already knew that it was over with jive but he was just kind of making one last ditch effort hoping that jive would in the 11th hour turn things around and put more money and more marketing behind the songs that he had worked so 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 hard on i mean just think about everything that he said in all of these interview clips that i've played or read this whole time He really felt like he had developed a unique sound and was so passionate about it. And I just cannot imagine being as talented as JC is, as special as he is, and having the label basically be like, shrug, you know, it's fine. We have Justin. We're not really worried about you. I just can't imagine it. And then I also think that JC was hoping that even if he did leave Jive, that it would be easier to get another record deal. If he could show them, hey, You Ruined Me was actually doing pretty well. It was just that Jive didn't put any promotion behind it. So if you guys do, maybe I'll actually get somewhere with this record. Over the summer, he continued working with Justin. In fact, JC and Justin were in the studio with Busta Rhymes to work on his album, which was originally called Before Hell Freezes Over. And his Recording also experienced challenges and delays, but Timbaland, Justin, and JC were supposed to have a single with Busta titled Yeah, Walk Into It. It's so strange because this album didn't come out until 2009. It was then called Back on My Bullshit, and the song is nowhere to be found. I find this shocking. I mean, You do a song with Justin, JC, and Timbaland and it never sees the light of day. That's really strange. It just felt like everything that JC was doing was not working out, even if it did have – superstar of the moment Justin Timberlake involved with it. It's just crazy. So on July 9th, 2007, JC appeared on Britain's Top Model. Why is he on these shows? He should be singing, he should be touring, he should be doing all of these amazing performances all over the place, and instead he's on Britain's Top Model, which fine, I mean whatever, like any promo is good promo, but... All you need to sell with that man is his voice. I am I mean, yes, he's gorgeous and charismatic and he can dance and all these things too. But if you literally put a paper bag over his head and just had him stand in the middle of the stage with no fanfare, no production, nothing, and he just sang, I would buy that album, you know? And instead he's on Britain's Top Model. It just, it's not really making sense. Just so those of you who weren't following this at the time can get a sense of how fans were feeling, I found this on the Pop Justice forums. So somebody posted about the album and said, anyone have any info on when it'll be released? I'm gutted, it still hasn't come out. First it was early 2007, then summer, now I've just heard late 2007. Someone replied and said, I'd love to know too, though I'm really skeptical that it'll ever see the light of day now. Still, the fact that there are at least rumors of when it'll be released is a slight reassurance. Another response says, I will be very surprised if this is ever released. Someone else responded and said, There are some persistent rumors that JC has been dropped by Jive. Is there anyone here knowing for sure? His MySpace page still lists him as being signed on Jive Records. So that was in September of 2007. And on September 10th, Entertainment Weekly officially reported, former Insync singer J.C. Chazay is leaving his longtime label, Jive Records, he exclusively tells EW.com. Shazay says he is currently in talks with other labels after the, quote, mutual decision to part ways with Jive. I want to wipe the slate clean and then take on as many suggestions and ideas as possible. Representatives for Jive could not immediately be reached for comment. That is such an interesting sentence for JC, of all people, to say. Okay, let's remember. What was his mentality with schizophrenic? If you listen to those episodes, you know what I'm talking about. All he kept saying was, I Shut off my phone I went into the studio with my friends I said don't call me I'll call you I don't want help with this album I don't want you to hook me up with producers I don't want anybody else's input Everybody has ideas for what I could do And I don't want to hear it I want to do what comes naturally Now we have JC saying the polar opposite of that He's saying that he wants to take on as many suggestions and ideas as possible Fascinating. So maybe this whole experience kind of made him realize that he should be playing the game and he should be setting himself up nicely in a comfortable little bed before he starts doing more edgy out there things. I don't know. But he also said, I want to wipe the slate clean. So that's interesting because I'll get into it. But after this, he continues to talk about all of the songs from the story of Kate as if he is still going to release this album. In fact, he tells multiple reporters and radio DJs that he, in fact, will be releasing the album. It'll just be on a different label. Now, that's not so easy to do, right? Because if you belong to a record label, if they've signed you, songs that you record while you're signed, it's not like you can just take those songs and those songs are yours forever. They're not. Now, luckily, J.C., co-wrote every single song on Kate so that means that he does have the publishing rights you know that's why Taylor Swift can re-record all of her songs because she owns the publishing if she had just sung them and not written them she wouldn't be able to do all these re-records right so it's complicated and I think interesting that he's saying he wants to wipe the slate clean because he didn't really want to wipe the slate clean at least not at the beginning because he was still planning to release Kate on another label the article continues, Jive released all of Insync's albums, that's not true, <laughs> do your fat-checking, Entertainment Weekly, they released No Strings Attached and Celebrity. Jive released all of Insync's albums, as well as Shazay's less successful 2004 solo debut, Schizophrenic. Last fall, the label released a single until yesterday in advance of a planned follow-up CD. But the song failed to gain traction on the radio and the album was never released Maybe if you did a music video and did all of the usual things that a pop artist does When they're releasing the first single off of a hotly anticipated album does Maybe it would have gained traction Just my opinion, just an idea as an outsider, okay? Shazay is also working with other artists as a producer and songwriter and reveals that he recently wrote a track called Treat Me Right for an upcoming album by the Backstreet Boys, Instinct's one-time arch-rivals. Shazay, who mutually parted ways with Jive Records, is still looking for a label. It's show business, but right now it's business show, he lamented, of having to spend more time on the business side of things. I have some material that I want to get out, and it's about timing and all that other stuff, but I have a great record coming out. So, again, so interesting because he had no intention of not releasing this record. So again, that really piques my curiosity because at this point, he still had every intention of releasing this record. I really wonder what went down because JC said it was a mutual parting of ways Jive Records didn't comment. So I wonder if that's true. Like, it doesn't seem as though they dropped him. So I really do feel like he's telling the truth. Maybe they just all sat down in a room and they were like, clearly this isn't working. We don't agree on what we're doing here so maybe we should just calmly and quietly find other people to work with sometimes that really is how it goes there's no big drama it's just hey this isn't working but I feel like JC was almost pushed to do this because what else was he supposed to do just stay there and let them have this apathy toward his amazing music and then just watch himself fade out like this kind of reminds me of a situation where two people are in a relationship like dating And one person is like, oh, this relationship is over, but I don't have the guts to end it. So I'm just going to treat this other person like shit until they end it. And then I'll act all sad, but I actually will be relieved that I didn't have to be the one to end it. I didn't have to be the bad guy. And I kind of feel like that's what happened here. I kind of feel like Jive basically was letting him hang on by a thread just in case these songs ended up doing well. And then in that case, they would have... Totally taking credit and been like, oh yes, JC, Shazay, our best artist, we're so proud of him But they basically didn't put any work into promoting it or marketing it And so they knew it probably wasn't going to do anything And then they would be able to say, hey JC, sorry, we gave you another chance with this record But it's not working out, we have to let you go So it just all seems really shady and passive-aggressive and manipulative to me On September 24th, J.C. posted about the separation on his MySpace, saying, "...as many of you know, I recently decided to leave Jive Records. This is really an exciting time for me to make a fresh new start. I appreciate all of the love and support from my fans over the years. It's because of you that I love to do what I do, so thank you for all of the words of encouragement. I will keep you up to date on what's going on with me, and I can't wait to share a new album with you very soon." So JC clearly wanted everybody to know, the album is still coming out, it's just a little different than what we expected. So as Entertainment Weekly reported, JC was staying super busy writing, recording, and producing with other artists. And on October 1st, change by the girl group sugar babes was released jc produced a song on this album with dallas austin called back when and then on october 30th 2007 the backstreet boys latest album unbreakable was released and that song treat me right that i had mentioned previously was co-written and co-produced By JC. AJ of the Backstreet Boys was asked what it's like to work with JC and he said, JC is cool. JC is really cool. He's a really nice guy. He comes from a group just like us, so I think he understands when it comes to recording vocals and things like that. He's got his head screwed on straight. He knows what he wants musically. He's very driven. It was fun being in the studio with him. We were kind of busting on each other when he was producing my vocal. He kept hitting the talk back button going, Man, I got you in the studio. Why don't you just tell me how you want to do it and I won't try to produce you. It's kind of funny because he knows what it's like. It was very easy to work with him and hopefully we'll work with him again in the future. And JC did! end up working with AJ again, which I will cover in a future episode. I love anytime the Backstreet Boys and Insync collab in any type of way. I just think it's just such a great full circle moment that they're all friends now. I did do a Patreon episode that was Backstreet Boys versus Insync, so you can join Patreon if you want to check that out, but I just love that. I'm actually thinking of adding more to it because there was just so much to include that I've been thinking of adding more and splitting it into two parts because it's just too long. On Halloween 2007, J.C. posted on his MySpace and said, I've been in and out of the studio a lot lately, working with all kinds of different artists, producers, and writers. I had a couple sessions with James Bourne, who is best known for his multi-platinum selling group, Busted. He's also a great writer. We worked with Sparky's Flaw, Will Anderson, and producer Jimmy Harry. I also headed to Santa Monica to meet up with Mark Hudson. He produced albums for Aerosmith and Ringo Starr. You might have heard of them. LOL. Anyway, we did a few songs together. Where are those songs? Because I love Mark Hudson. So Mark Hudson is of the famous Hudson Brothers. He's Kate Hudson's uncle. He's worked with my favorite band, Hanson. I actually have met Mark multiple times because he's not just a collaborator of Hanson's. He's also friends with them. And so... I've met him at multiple Hanson events, and I just love that because J.C. also performed with Hanson in 2008, I think it was. I mean, it's just, it's a small world after all, you know? But I would love to hear, like, what what did they work on either? Like, was Mark producing J.C.? Was J.C. producing Mark? Like, help. J.C. also mentioned that he started taking salsa classes, but added, No, I'm not doing Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I think there were a lot of rumors at the time that he might do it, which is just so funny. Like, imagine JC on Dancing with the Stars. He would be mortified. Like, I just feel like he would just be, he would just be miserable the entire time, but oh, would we love it. Us girls, we would be, we would be calling in. I mean, that would just be so nostalgic. It would be like calling in for TRL. On November 26, 2007, JC appeared on The Ellen Show, but he only did so to surprise Joey and play a game it's just so frustrating like I don't have time for games y'all okay this is like (laughs) the story of Kate is on life support you know like Ellen couldn't have said to him and JC what are you working on like something I mean Ellen would have been the perfect show to perform You Ruined Me On, a daytime TV show with lots of people watching who like that type of music and would probably be really moved by JC's power vocals, but no. Nothing. We get nothing. We just get JC and Joey playing a dumb game. And by the way, if I ever get to host my own TV show, I promise you guys, no games. Okay? Like, I'm not trying to... (laughs) Sound like a school principal or something But I'm always frustrated when it's time to play the game I don't want to see a celebrity play a game I don't need to see a celebrity eating cow tongue or whatever you know what i mean like i don't care i want to hear more questions about their upcoming projects i don't want to see them play games it's just like so frustrating to me especially in this type of situation like you want to hear a crazy story ellen why don't you sit down and let jc tell you this story that i've been telling on this episode from beginning to end that'll get some ratings it's pretty interesting Man, I'm so frustrated. Do you guys hear this in my voice? I hope it's not giving you guys anxiety because I'm anxious, but I don't want to make you guys anxious. This is almost a 20-year-old problem, but it's still <laughs> – it keeps me up at night. What can I say? For New Year's, JC headed to South Beach, Miami, as he often does. He still does that. And he posted a MySpace blog that said, South Beach to Las Vegas. I'm on my way to South Beach to ring in the new year, but be sure to check out my guest appearance on NBC's Las Vegas January 4th at 10 p.m. Happy New Year. So JC was on Las Vegas, and in order to promote this, he did another run of radio interviews. So here is him on a radio show talking about the status of the Kate album.
1: Still making music. Still getting, I am. I'm still making music. What's, what's the story? So I've been working on this project, you know, called uh, the story of Kate. Yeah. And uh, it's it's you know it's it's nearing the end of uh, of making the music at, at this point. Right. But uh, it's I, I see it as a, I have kind of like a vision for it, yeah. which is to to, to make it uh, cross kind of like the medium barrier, uh, either doing it some kind of doing it on film or doing it, right. you know, uh, as a miniseries and, and as a stage performance. I, I really kind of want to. Change the format, I guess, of what people are used to seeing. I yeah. think everybody's seeing the, the same format from musicians over and over, and uh, so I'm looking to kind of like uh, kind of open up people's minds to something new. So
2: very cool, man. Very mm-hmm. cool. We'll look. We can we can we look for something like that in the stores coming our way? It, it'll, it'll
1: be you know it'll be this year. There, yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm nearing the end of putting the putting the record together, uh, putting the record well, as the music together. Right. Um, and then it's just a matter of you know finding out what, you know what you know what i can do with it next once once the once the story is all laid out for everyone
2: very cool well, jc we wish the best of luck in 2008.
0: now that is a fascinating <laughs> i know i keep using that word but what can i say obviously i find jc fascinating i've been doing this 20 hour series on him all year i mean what like that is just so incredible and again as jc often is so ahead of his time i mean Look at Beyoncé with her visual albums... Lemonade was practically a movie. Jennifer Lopez is coming out with her visual album, This Is Me Now. I think it's January 16th. It's going to be put up on Amazon Prime. I mean, JC is just so innovative and thoughtful with what he does. He really, I mean, we could have gotten a visual album for the story of Kate. It's just so, it hurts. Like, I'm in pain that he had this idea and he wanted to do it. I mean, at this point, he did not have a record label behind him. I did see some rumors that he was in talks with Interscope Records, and I'm just so confused. Why wouldn't Interscope take him on? I mean... At this time, they were about to take on Lady Gaga. I don't know if she had signed yet or not, but her album came out in 2008, her first album, The Fame. And she is a very highly conceptual theatrical artist, right? So he would have fit in so well with Gaga on Interscope. Like, they even could have worked together and everything. Oh, my God. I literally – I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to start drinking and doing drugs because I cannot cope with this any other way. I just – just just, just envision until yesterday and you ruined me and I'm not sleeping alone and all these amazing tracks as a visual album. He's saying he wants to transcend mediums and there was nobody in the industry that thought that this was a good idea and maybe wanted to put some money behind it. it that That is so illegal and offensive and I'm calling the police. I Barry Weiss, I have so many bones to pick with you. It's like I'm gonna pick a whole skeleton. I can't. Oh my god, I'm so – that – that just – that is really devastating. In his appearance on Las Vegas, he played Satellite off of the story of Kate, which he had mentioned before was one of his favorites. That is the song he worked on with Jimmy Harry. And If Only You Were Lonely on guitar. So that's just, again, fascinating and just crazy to me that this show Las Vegas (laughs) that is so not a show about music or a musical show at all – He's on there playing his music from this new album. Now, who got him this opportunity? I assume it was his management, Podwall Entertainment, that nailed this opportunity for him, which at least they did something. I mean, Jive couldn't get their act together for JC, so at least, you know, even though it was this random appearance, at least it was something, you know? But unfortunately, the project had already lost so much steam. I mean, you have to understand, his first album came out in... February of 2004, it's now 2008. People had moved on. The general public is very fickle. If something is not right in their face, they forget about it. I mean, I always have people telling me to promote my podcast more, like post it on your story a million times. People, it doesn't register with people until they see it like three times. That is something that's known in the industry with influencers and whatever. And I'm always like, but I don't want (laughs) to flood people with my stuff. But it really is true. Like, Unless someone is a super fan, they just don't really care. You have to keep showing them and showing them and showing them. JC was posting a lot on his MySpace as well. He was updating fans on what he was doing just in life. Even if he wasn't talking about a musical project or a different type of project, he would still talk about his life and say, hey, you know, it was my brother Tyler's birthday, so uh, we went to see horses race and we ate nachos and two-day-old hot dogs. <laughs> like, that's literally from one of his posts, you know, and I think that was his management saying, hey, keep up with your fans, build that relationship because those are the people that you're really going to have to rely on when you want to get this album actually out because those people that are still checking for you – Build relationships with them. That's really important. On February 5th, 2008, JC appeared on Pussycat Dolls Presents Girlicious, which, what was that show? Was it kind of like a making the band type of show where the Pussycat Dolls were putting together a group and the group was Girlicious? I think I have that right. (laughs) And JC went on the show as like a mentor and he actually sung part of You Ruined Me acapella. It's It's stunning. Actually, one of the girls that he's mentoring just says as soon as he's done singing, she's like, I love you. And yes, exactly. That is the reaction that JC singing gets. All he has to do is stand there and sing. He doesn't have to do anything else. There doesn't even have to be an accompanist. <laughs> like, he can literally just stand there and sing a cappella. That's how they should have promoted this album. Just throw them on every TV show. The View, just go on there, stand there a cappella. All those women will, you know, basically drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> just from seeing him sing, he's so talented, and I know I'm a Stan and a crazy super fan, but come on, come on, he's so talented. Unfortunately, this is kind of where the Kate era ends and just never comes back. Even though JC, as recently as February, is still promoting You Ruined Me and the fact that he has an album coming out, on February 7th, America's Best Dance Crew premiered. J.C. participated as a judge on this MTV show from February 2008 until June 2012. Seven seasons! Okay, the show ended up going on to season 8 but was cancelled. Just saying. I mean, as soon as J.C. leaves, it's a catastrophe. So, it seems like from February 2008 on... JC just decided to focus on his other endeavors. I'm sure America's Best Dance Crew was not only keeping him busy, but providing a pretty big paycheck. And then it gave him... And that combined with all of his royalties from NSYNC probably made him an extremely comfortable living where he could work on songs with whatever artists, writers, and producers that he wanted to freely without having to really hustle and make sure to get that album out and promote it and do all of the things that people that are actively trying to be successful solo artists on the top 40 or Billboard 200 have to do. I think that he was just tired of the bullshit and he was tired of the games that you have to play in showbiz. And so he just kind of focused on the fact that he had a great, amazing, successful career and life without having a solo career. And the solo career was just too much trouble and threatened that wonderful existence that he already had. After America's Best Dance Crew, this is really the era where we start just almost never seeing JC. I mean, then he started the Girl Radical Project, which we'll talk about in a future episode. So he was out there doing a lot of interviews during that time. But I think this Kate era is really the last time that we saw JC, the solo artist, get out there as a well-known musician with active projects that everybody knew about. From 2008 to 2012, we do see him out and about doing interviews and things like that, but it's usually all to promote America's Best Dance Crew, and as great as that was of an opportunity for him, I kind of get bored during those interviews because I'm like, I don't care that – Marcus is a great dancer and he's really gonna have a future in the business you know what I mean I'm like what do you think about the story of Kate I know it was a few years ago now but do we ever have any chance of hearing those songs but that's just not what people were asking him at the time so JC does not talk about Kate for so many years okay and then in January of 2023 our lord and savior James Lance Bass finally asks JC about it and his answer was mystifying and really doesn't make sense but i am going to play it for you now
2: and what what was the reason you didn't want to do a follow up album were you just kind of over it at that point i
1: started i started to i've recorded a few things and then it was just kind of like if you're not in love with what you're doing at the time like you if you're not committed and you're not 100% all in, you're going to waste everyone's time. Yeah. And so I was getting to the point where I didn't feel like I was innovating. I felt like I was making part two of the thing that I had already done. I experimented for a while with it, but then it just it didn't feel like I was moving the conversation forward. I felt like I was having the same conversation, mm-hmm. and that didn't make me happy. Yeah. So.
2: Well, as an outsider, I, you know, looking at your album, I was pissed on how Jive did it and I can talk shit about Jive now because they're <laughs> no longer around, but I saw how what they did with Justin's album. I saw what they did with your album and I was like, are they purposely trying to like sabotage you in a way? Because I did not see the same effort with your rollout than his. And I'm like, what the hell is going on?
0: Okay. This is directly from the horse's mouth. But I think he is just trying to be very diplomatic here. And I think while Lance is saying, well, I can say something about Jive Records now because they don't exist anymore. JC giggles in this way where he's kind of like, ooh, you know, I don't I don't know about that, dude. He still works in the industry, writing and producing and sometimes performing. So he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers because the people that... Worked at Jive Records back then, even though Jive doesn't exist anymore, they have jobs at other places, right? Or they have friends that have jobs at other places. And who knows, maybe JC still works with some of those people, right? Whereas Lance is not regularly writing and recording, producing, or performing music. He's successful in other areas, but he doesn't do that, whereas J.C. consistently does. So I think that J.C. very much still cannot hop on a mic and say, all right, here's what really happened. And I totally respect that. He is a classy guy. He is not going to come out and talk shit about anybody. And I appreciate that about him. But this response just doesn't make sense. It's contradictory to almost everything I've reported on before this, and You listen to the episode, you know that I'm only quoting from direct, legit sources. It's JC himself talking, you hear his voice saying things that are completely contradictory to this. No, I'm not saying that the man can't change his mind. This was a long time ago. But let's just look a little closer about this answer because a lot of people have taken so much from this answer that is just blatantly not there. When I was planning this, I talked to tons of fans about the situation and some of them said to me, well, you know, JC said that he doesn't want people to listen to that album. Or, oh, JC said on Frosted Tips that he's the one who pulled the plug on the story of Kate. And I'm like, wait, did he? I don't remember that. And then I play it back and I'm like, he literally didn't say that at all. <laughs> like people really take a lot from this. That doesn't seem to be there for me. Here's what he said. He said, I've recorded a few things. That right there is a gross underestimation of what happened. Not only are there like at least 20 leaked songs, I think there's more, but all those articles, he was talking about it. Like, this is not rumors or hearsay. This is JC himself in these old articles that are legit. They're from MTV, they're from magazines or newspapers. He was recording. From 2004 until 2006, that's not I recorded a few things. I'm sorry, it's just not. Like, I love you, JC, but it's just not. So I know that he's trying to downplay it, not only because he doesn't want to piss anybody off in the industry, but also because he knows that Lance wants to get the tea out of him, and he's trying to just, like, completely deflect away from that, right? Like, I I don't even want to get into it, so I'll just say I recorded a few things. I'm not going to say the dramatic true answer, which is I recorded for over two years and put my blood, sweat, and tears into this project because that's going to garner another question, another question, and he just wants to shut it down, right? He continues. And then it was just kind of like, if you're not in love with what you're doing at the time, if you're not committed and you're not 100% all in, you're going to waste everybody's time. I'm sorry, but that is just not true, JC. That's just not true. If you're not in love with what you're doing at the time. Okay, it's one thing if he's not in love with it now, right? Like I said, he's allowed to change his mind. So if he in 2023, which is when this aired, feels that the songs are not good and he's not in love with them, that's fine. But at the time, he was saying, it's the best work I've ever done. The the stories don't match up. So then he says, if you're not committed, if you're not committed, in what world is everything that you just heard in this episode, the story of a man who was not committed? It's absolutely the opposite. He was extremely committed. He says, if you're not 100% all in, how could he have been more all in? He was taking it upon himself. Justin was taking it upon himself to promote this album and these songs. How is that not being all in? You're going to waste everyone's time, honestly? Like, I think JC is kind of lying here because at all the reasons I said before. He doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. He's classy. He doesn't, he doesn't want to dwell on this thing that happened all these years ago, right? I wonder if Jive kind of gaslit him into <laughs> making him feel like he was wasting their time. JC, if you somehow hear this, if anyone who knows JC is listening to this, please tell this man he did not waste anybody's time. They wasted his time. He was a gift. They should have been thanking their lucky stars that they had an artist as good as you, JC, okay? You did not waste anybody's time. You were committed. You were 100% all in. And unless you were lying back then, you were in love with what you were doing at the time. So then he says, so I got to the point where I felt like I wasn't innovating. But you were because of that interview that I just played where you say that you want the story of Kate to be this multi-medium production. You want to bring it to the stage. You want to bring it to TV. You were so innovative. It was everybody else that was stuck in whatever was the popular cliche of the moment. And you tried so hard to fight against that. You tried to completely rebel from it and Schizophrenic, and then with Story of Kate, you were like, you know what, I'm gonna play the game a little bit. I'm gonna work with some trendy producers. I'm gonna do what Jive wants me to do, but I'm gonna still keep my identity. I'm gonna create this intelligent pop music. So it's going to be a compromise, the best of both worlds. But they still failed him. And that's why when he finishes this response, which is kind of a BS response, I'm sorry... Lance immediately goes into, well, I saw the way that they were not supporting you the way they supported Justin, because he knows that JC is just giving the diplomatic politician answer, and he wants him to say some real shit. So then he says, I felt like I was making part two of what I'd already done. That I could see. that it is It is kind of like part two, but isn't any sophomore album kind of like part two? Most sophomore albums do not veer off in a completely different direction, especially In pop music, I mean, I do wonder if he's comparing it to NSYNC's trajectory because NSYNC's second album, No Strings Attached, as I talked about several episodes ago, was a shift in a different direction. Okay, so maybe he's saying to himself, we were able to shift during No Strings Attached, so I want to do something different. Why can't I do that? Well, you're no longer in the biggest band in the world. And he talked about that too, how being a solo artist, you kind of have to start from the ground floor again. And JC is the kind of person that doesn't like doing things solo. He said that. He likes having somebody next to him. He likes having the support of a group. So imagine how hard that was for him. He wants to be doing music that's authentic to him. And his label isn't supporting and accepting it. And he doesn't have anybody by his side. He doesn't have Joey or Justin or uh, Chris or Lance to turn to and say, hey, this is really fucked up. Like, maybe he wouldn't have had the strength to go against Lou Pearlman and be the voice of the group, like I talked about in the In Sync Beginnings episode. He was the voice of the group in that lawsuit with Lou Perlman. Maybe he wouldn't have had the guts to do that if he didn't have four of his best friends, not only depending on him, but holding his hand through it. And that's okay. Sometimes some people work better in a group situation. He continued, I experimented for a while with it, but then it felt like I wasn't moving the conversation forward. I felt like I was having the same conversation and that didn't make me happy. Now, this is the part that I can't really dispute, right? Because I just wonder when he started feeling this way. Because obviously for a long time, how passionately he spoke about the songs from Kate and how passionate the songs were, it's not like he didn't love them at the time. He did, unless he was lying back then. So I am just curious how the songs from Kate are having the same conversation. I don't feel like they are. I do feel like it was a different conversation I just feel like you weren't supported by the label I feel like he just had to come up with an answer here to say Because the truth of what happened And I'm not making this up This is from, like I said, quotes, documents, articles What really happened is JC loved the album But Jive didn't support him enough Didn't help him market and promote the album enough And so he left them, which made sense And we really don't know what happened after that. For months... J.C. was adamant that he was still releasing the record. That interview where he talks about doing a multimedia production with Kate, that was in January of 08, and he left Jive in September of 07. So that means that all those months, he was conceptualizing where to bring the story of Kate. He had to have been meeting with record labels, and we have no idea how those meetings went. Maybe when he met with these other labels, he realized... They're pretty much on the same wavelength as Jive. They don't want to move the conversation forward either. They just want to put me in the same box as every other popular artist of this time. And they think that because Sync was... Perceived by the world as this manufactured boy band That I'll just do and say whatever they want like a toy soldier But actually I have my own ideas I want to bring this production to the stage and to the screen and all these things And because the music industry was in such a strange place With streaming developing and social media developing Nobody was willing to take a risk On an interesting, unique artist like J.C. Chazay That's my speculation based on the fact that He met with record labels. One was rumored to be Interscope, as I said earlier, but I'm sure he met with other labels as well. I'm guessing RCA, Universal. I don't know, but... He was so adamant about releasing it, it was just a matter of who he was going to partner with to release it. And I think maybe he eventually just gave up on the project because he couldn't find a label that would align with him in the way that he needed them to. And if Jive didn't, even with Justin Timberlake, the biggest pop artist of the moment, standing by his side and saying, I'm writing and producing with this guy because... I know he's the most talented motherfucker that came out of any boy band or any act from the Y2K era. If Jive isn't even gonna trust him with Justin Timberlake vouching for him, then what label is going to? It makes sense that he threw his hands up and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm too good for this shit. I don't think JC said that. I don't think he used those words because he's so modest and lovely. I'm saying those words. I'm saying he was too good to be knocked around and strung along and manipulated and stonewalled and and almost ghosted, basically. Like, it just sounds like a really toxic relationship. Who would want to deal with that? If you're looking for my opinion on what this answer would have been if J.C. was more open to being truthful and calling certain people out... First of all, I think that Lance's question was not the right question to ask, right? As much as I love Lance, he is a great interviewer. You shouldn't ask JC, why didn't you want to make a second album? Because he did. He did make a second album. He made a second album and then some. (laughs) He had enough for a full album, plus bonus tracks, (laughs) plus B-sides, right? So the question that should have been asked is, what happened with the story of Kate? Why did you never release it after leaving Jive Records? Right? Because that is not throwing Jive under the bus. It's just saying that he left Jive Records, which is public information. That's fact. And then what J.C.'s response could have been, I'm not going to speak for him, but if you're asking me what I think happened, I think J.C. got the America's Best Dance Crew gig. And between that and his in sync money and royalties, I think that J.C. realized that he has... A really beautiful life without participating in the rat race of trying to be a solo artist. I think he realized that he could still express himself creatively, live his dream, and passionately express himself through music without being the actual performer that would perform that music. Why go through all of that again? He went through hell with Schizophrenic. He went through hell with Story of Kate. Yet he still has this amazing life. It seems, of course, I don't know this man, right? But it seems like he has a beautiful life without getting back into situations that are gonna make him feel bad. Because at the end of the day, you can have all the confidence in the world But if the label that signed you because they believed in you and thought that you would make them money is consistently acting like they don't care about what you're doing and they only want you to do things their way, well, that just proves to you that they don't really care about having an innovative artist that is going to push the conversation forward. Like he said, all they care about is the artist that's going to be able to play by the rules and make music that sells. This is a hard truth of the industry that everybody learns sooner or later. I hate to be cynical, but it's the truth. There are very few people like JC. There are many, many more people in the business, like these people at Jive Records, who didn't recognize what they had and then were happy to let him go. It's a lot more common than a special gem or a unicorn, as in Sync fans call him like jc it's rare he's rare and he's a special gem and i think instead of trying to compete with all of the people in the music industry of which there are many who will do whatever the label says and sing whatever and write whatever and collab with whoever and show up wherever and do whatever instead of trying to compete with those people he said I'm going to take my hat out of the ring and I am going to live a private, peaceful, quiet, yet still creatively fulfilling life and that's it. And I can't blame him. I really can't. I think there are many people in the music industry and just in show business in general that have a moment like JC had with Insync where for a few years there you are at the top of the heap. You are a superstar. You're pulling in millions, you could have anything you want at the drop of a hat, you have millions of fans screaming your name, and then it goes away. And those people spend the rest of their lives trying to get back there, or anywhere near there that they could possibly get. I've heard many people talk about the fact that fame is an addiction, and it's a drug, And it's the hardest drug to get a hold of in the first place. And it's even harder to find that drug again. And I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so, so happy for JC that he was able to realize what was best for him after this experience with the story of Kate. And shift his priorities over to working more behind the scenes and developing different types of creative projects. He has really spread his wings over the years. He's done movies. He's done TV. He is writing those two musicals. Like I said, there have been a lot of facets to his very impressive entertainment career. And I'm so proud of him that he was able to rise from the ashes of this situation and carve out a place for himself that is more suited better suited for him than having a career where the spotlight is on you 24 seven and you need security everywhere you go. I think that sounds like a nightmare. And I'm really happy that he doesn't have to deal with that stuff as much as I wish he had five huge solo concert tours like Justin or however many he's had, you know, as much as I wish that those opportunities were there for him. I don't think he wants them. Like, I think that JC has enough tenacity and talent that if a few years after the story of Kate didn't work out, if he decided, you know what, I, I see the artists out there doing their thing right now and I feel like a piece of me is missing not reaching that level of solo success, I'm gonna give it another try. He would have done that. He would have done that, I think. I don't know him. This is hard because I'm. this is my opinion, right? So I'm not trying to state facts. Anything from this episode that is not quoted from an identified direct source is alleged, in my opinion. But he seems very happy. He seems like he's doing very well. And there are some fans of his that are just very protective over him in a way that isn't healthy, I feel. And they get mad anytime anybody brings this album up because it's like, don't traumatize JC, that was a horrible time for him. I don't see it that way. Like, I I do know that he went through hell, but look what happened after it. I think he came out a better person, a stronger person who knew himself more. And I know that there are some people that feel that I shouldn't even be talking about this on the podcast, but I don't know if you guys know what category my podcast is in, but it's literally in the music commentary (laughs) category, like – This is my commentary on music that JC made, okay? It is a part of his story, and I don't think that this would be complete without me talking about it. I also think, and again, this is just my opinion, but if I went through a traumatic experience, which we don't even know, like, it's not right to categorize this as traumatic. JC did not say that it is, so I'm not going to say that it is either, but let's just say that it is, okay? If I went through a traumatic experience... And 15 years later, I saw that I was tagged in something and I was like, oh, it's that annoying girl, that that blonde from Ojai that I met a few months ago. <laughs> She's tagging me again. She has that podcast. Oh, God. And I saw that this person spent so many hours of time and recorded a two-hour podcast about this album that at one point I felt was my best work and at one point I put all of my blood, sweat, and tears into and I saw that this person who's clearly a big fan was affected by this in a positive way and those songs meant something to her, that would make me happy. I would feel like, okay, something came of it and I'm not the only one who feels this way about this album and he knows that because he is JC. Like, I think people think when you bring up the story of Kate, it's like, JC gets a jolt or something and he wakes up in bed from a sound sleep and is like, oh no, my trauma. And it's, it's like, that doesn't happen. I'm sure he sees fans talking about it all the time. He gets tagged in stuff all the time. Like, he knows this is part of his life. He knows this is part of his legacy. He knows his really big fans are aware of this. And a lot of people also try and say that he doesn't want people listening to the leaked songs. Well, why are they still available on YouTube? That's what I'm wondering. Why are they still available on YouTube? Now, unless I'm mistaken, JC co-wrote every single one of those songs that leaked. That means he owns the publishing. That means they are his. That means he could have them removed from YouTube and he could have them struck, but he doesn't. And he knows the only people that are gonna hear them and they're gonna listen to them is us, his really big fans that are searching for them. And I think he's okay with that because we're his really big fans. And if you want to try and argue with me and say, oh, well, maybe he just doesn't want to deal with it or maybe his team just doesn't pay attention. His team pays attention, okay? They do. I know that for a fact. How do I know that for a fact? Because I know somebody who has an online store and this person designs merch that is themed all Y2K artists. And they told me that when they've tried to create JC (laughs) Chazay inspired merch, it gets struck right away. In fact, When they were on Etsy, they lost their account as a result of it, and then they had to make a new one. His team pays attention. JC does not want these songs taken off YouTube, or they would be taken off YouTube. So I hope that will ease some minds out there who think that he is just so tortured and devastated from this experience. I really think he's moved on. I really think he's okay. Again, this is all speculation. If somebody sends me a legit source, an article, a document... JC is saying it himself his recorded voice saying I don't want anybody to hear those songs I wish they weren't online I hate this whole experience I've been traumatized by it I wish my fans would never bring it up I'll delete this episode okay because of course I don't want to actually upset him but I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think that's the way he feels JC did sell a few of these songs to other artists who then release them. And so you actually can still support the story of Kate in a way. If you want to, you can buy those individual songs and it's probably like 2 cents, but JC is the co-writer and producer, so he will get a slice of that. I think that's one of the issues that so many people have with this music being out there is they're like, "Yeah, you can listen to it on YouTube, but the artists aren't getting paid." And I completely understand that concern. But if there's no way to listen to the JC version of a song where he and the other artists on it get paid for it, well, then you can listen to the other person's version and you can buy that on iTunes and that will hopefully ease your mind on listening to some of it. Anna and I are going to deep dive into this whole situation even more. We are going to break some of the songs that were allegedly meant for the story of Kate down one by one get in depth in our thoughts on those songs and so much more involving this project anna is from the this must be pop podcast she is brilliant she is thoughtful she is articulate and you guys are going to love hearing that episode i promise you i'm so excited for everybody to hear that so it'll be up on patreon tomorrow and it will be public next week so thank you guys so much for listening i am so grateful to all of you this journey with jc has been amazing and we're not done yet we still have a couple more episodes of this series but i am just i am just so happy i am just so pleased with this series especially because of all of the wonderful friends that i've made this year all <laughs> the people that i've met the instinct fans that i'm close to now it's just Priceless. So I thank all of you guys for listening to it and responding so strongly to this podcast. I am just so grateful. So thank you so much. And I will see you guys very, very soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessicast. I'm your host Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriamoon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear ashleyandjessicast at gmail.com and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast see you next time